it's a discussion yes. in a in a deep dive into yeah, it's, these it's, issues. It's, a, it's not a debate. It's a conversation that needs to happen. The right? verbal yeah. fist fight that so, needs to happen. So yes. when as as we're as we're looking at this stuff, you know, um, it's it's going to be great to have differing viewpoints. Mm, yeah. Um, and and that way we can we can kind of like you guys like dude we've been friends for so long you know we can we can have this conversation and disagree and still be friends constructively 100 percent. welcome to morelia python radio Welcome to episode 515 of Marine Python Radio. Episode 1 of season whatever the fuck we're in right now. 12. 12. Yes. 12. So, God. this podcast started as uh, Scott Borden uh, had made a post on social media about the hobby, jumping on the Save the Hobby Express uh, <laughs> as of late, pointing fingers and presenting the same ideas on how to save ourselves. Um, we're going to dive deep into the discussion on the Florida problem, the reality of why we are missing some big points and how to improve our chances long-term of uh, being able to keep these animals. And just the overall image of the hobby that we present. Uh, I couldn't think of two guys that I would rather have this conversation with. Scott isn't afraid to put his honest thoughts out there on a subject or any subject for that matter. And Mike has this burning flame of really appreciating animals that he's working with. He has well-thought-out responses and just amazing insights. So let's get right into it. Scott, and, for the, and, for, and for those that don't know, me and Mike are as close to friends as you can be. This is yeah. not a debate. Let that be the disclaimer. It's not a debate. Right. And, and, and also, when I made that post, I was not criticizing U.S. Arc at all. Mm. I was mm-hmm. criticizing the fact that there hasn't been a deep enough discussion on a lot of the things. And it's just basically the broad painting strokes again and again and again. But anyway, right. go ahead. Well, yeah. I would I would even just start there. I mean, I would say I'm probably guilty of this. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if, but like it seems like U.S. Arc is sort of. I mean, I, I give my five dollars a month or ten dollars or whatever it is, and that's all well and good. But I don't know. It just seems like as soon as something happens is when we, we we're never we're never first. We're, we're always, never proactive. Yeah, we're always just reactive. Right. And, yeah. You know, I I think that I don't know. It just seems like the wrong way to go. Like we should be working with you know, people to, to sort of legitimize the hobby. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think of that, but a lot of times I feel like, you know, we just sort of, that's why that struck out to me is like, you know, Oh, we got to save the hobby. Everybody. Yeah, well, and I, I agree with, you. I mean, we are very reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're reacting, uh, the problem there is that it's already too late. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, when we're when we're hearing about it, it's it's through committee Mm -hmm. and or it's or it's in committee. And, you know, from a political standpoint, uh, a lot of those palms have already been greased. A lot of the decisions have already been made. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just everything's a formality at that point. Yeah. Um, You know, it doesn't mean that we can't kind of stop the train and make get, get some compromises in there. But. We we definitely need to address it before it gets there. It seems like the bet the like the 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 way you kind of think about that is the whole constrictor ban that was going through. It's like every time that came up, it was always 
already so far gone and all we mm-hmm. could do was just kind of argue to keep certain things and it always seemed like the efforts were always just to d- delay the inevitable or to push it off or kind of stay it a little bit and now we're at the point where that's happened but then now they've also passed certain other things that say that they can add stuff without even going through all the steps that we used to prevent and stop things before uh i think down in florida now they just kind of go like hey does everybody want to add tegus to this list and then rubber stamp done see here's the here's the thing florida is in, in my opinion in certain ways is a completely it's it's weird because it's a separate conversation in some aspects and in some right. aspects it's related right because Florida has something that the rest of us don't have is that they have the the invasive issue right right we don't have that so right. it becomes a very different battle there and it's a fucking harder battle um but it's it's a very it's I know Mike said either before the recording or not and I've heard this a couple of times is that other states have I forget the term for it, but basically laws that are going to fall, um, mm-hmm. that are going to drop if if uh, Florida bans say everything. I, I don't know if I agree with that because I've seen no proof of that, and I don't know if it makes sense because, um, like it made sense with a, a huge political thing that just happened with the whole abortion thing in the country that other states had uh, laws in place that if that were to ever happen, they would you know they would sure. go and enact. Yeah. I get that with a huge nationwide political battle. Um, I, I just don't see states having that type of trigger. Not that they're going to, not that they won't follow suit, but I don't, I don't know if they have triggered laws ready. If, if Florida bans everything tomorrow, I well, don't think they're going to do it that do quick. You, do you think though, that Scott, like, <clears throat> like these animal rights people are probably pushing this, right? Of course they are. Because, and if they yeah. want to, if they're pushing it in Florida and they win in Florida, don't so you here, think that it's easier for them well, to sort of do it in another like meaning oh, that 100 it certainly makes right. their their life a little easier if they start winning that's what they do they chip away right, right? they're chipping away yeah. there's and, gonna be um, the federal ban on large cats that's gonna get signed sure and that's gonna yeah. be a federal and I'll tell banning. you what and it's interesting you brought that up because i just saw an article that discussed that that was in a it wasn't in like a big cat circles it was just right. in a main a main I don't know, news source, or whatever. And they, so food for thought for everyone. They passed that recently the other day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the food for thought is that they literally, in an article discussing it, brought up the, the tiger King. Yep. Yeah. So that was one, that one Netflix special yep. had kicked this, this boulder had not been moving for years for various other reasons and various other political things and this, that, and the other thing. Add Tiger King, all of a sudden that boulder starts going downhill, and now we have the federal ban on all cats. Now, Correct. do I believe any idiot with enough money should own a tiger? Fuck no. But that's Correct. neither here nor there. Now, the next thing is I would not be surprised if – I'm actually shocked that in one breath they're outlawing tigers that they didn't go after wolves and ursa in the same things, like bears, wolves, things like that. So, they will. I mean, that, well, and, and, and this and this is how, this is where I'm going to kind of push back on on you, Scott, a little bit as far as how dare you um, just go to- <laughs> be, be, because I want to when I can. <laughs> he, he does have a microphone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I think politicians are essentially lazy. All right. Mm. For the most part, um, their effort is getting is, is campaigning. It's getting elected. 
Um, now I'm not, I'm not saying that, uh, they're going to use Florida as a model because they're going to say, Oh, Hey, we're in Maine. Um, everything happening in Florida is going to affect us. Um, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, uh, they have one issue with one species and it's like, well, you know what? Florida's had a problem and they've done this already. Let's just look at what they did. All right. So Florida's going to blaze a trail and any other states that are considering legislation, not even for the invasive issue, but for the irresponsible pet owner issue, they're going to look at Florida legislation and the less work they have to do, the less writing they have to do, the better. And they're going to push it. Um, So that's that is that's a concern of mine. Um, And. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, it it has to be nobody wants to talk about politics um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, that's that's really like that's like the third rail. Um, mm-hmm. And the reality is um, our like these laws, um, a lot of the regulations, not the laws, but the regulations are being pushed through by unelected bureaucrats. All right. Um, so when you look at, you look at the Florida, Florida stuff. All right. Um, politicians, they don't want to deal with it. So they kicked everything to FWC. So FWC, they're unelected and they just write it. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, Ron DeSantis, who I agree with on a lot of stuff. Um, and, and this is, I think this is where, where we can we can actually have um, some influence because politicians they want to get elected. All mm-hmm. right, um, you got guys like Ron DeSantis. He's the small government guy, right? Okay, well if he's a small government guy, you've got unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats passing legislations that carry the same weight as law. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, go to bed. Um, on the on the flip side of that. On the other other side of the coin, okay. um, generally, <clears throat> Republicans have the claim small government. Democrats have the claim of protecting the environment. Now, we all know that a lot of what's been passed in Florida is actually going to have some unintended consequences where it's actually going to make matters worse. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think we have a real opportunity to be able to voice that. All right. But we have to do it the right way. And, and, and I think that's where we need to start asking those questions. How do we, how do we voice that to Democrats and and say, Hey, listen, these, these laws um, are actually going to make matters worse. And this is how, and voice that to Republicans and say, Hey, listen, um, you claim to be small government. You've got government agencies that are unaccountable to the people passing these regulations that carry the same weight as law. And, um, and there's no due process in the matter. Uh, And, and I, and I think that's, those are, those are some tactics I think we can be using. The, the thing is, is that, and what I keep, what I've keep seeing is that um, it seems like it's now it's scorched earth when it comes to a mistake. So, Obviously, Florida is now if they pull an animal out of the wild, 
that's the next thing that's going to be on the list for next year of mm-hmm. banning. So right. obviously they covered all the ground with the major problems of Burmese Python and the, they're the all they're all already on the list is right. what I've exactly. heard. Take not not that. legally, but it's right. it's so it's but there. now but now we're sitting here and it's like well we say all what are we talking about like all python python no 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 keep going everything all florida right. so, florida's oh, everything. goal is to literally well and, and you just can't you the, the argument that the problem is with florida is that the argument is that it if some if they pull like what is it somebody posted that um they found a boa constrictor in somebody's backyard yeah, yes i'm no glad boa. you brought this yeah. up because i was hoping we would talk about this because i have a few yeah. things to say about well, it but, but that that now in my opinion is a flag now that any boa is like, now you're now you're you put a target on your back so there's that now obviously in pennsylvania we're not worried too much if somebody's escape pet gets loose because it'll be dead around this time of year mm-hmm. but the issue is, is that you're seeing more with now zero tolerance. So like that one YouTube dude and his zebra spitting cobra got loose in North Carolina or was it South Carolina? Whatever. Um, it got loose <coughs> in Carolina. Now they have passed ordinances against all venomous animals. Like it's almost like now with the certain publicity that things get when people mess up or when people or when they're irresponsible. It's now, all right, screw it, scorched earth. And I agree with Mike with saying that, like, politicians and legislation are lazy, and then also they can also not want to put in the research to do things. Like, there's a reason olive pythons are legal in New York, because somebody drew a line and said, any animal that gets this big, we don't want it. Wait, 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 wait. You're, t- you're strictly talking the city. Right. So, yeah, that's a, that's New, so New York thing. City, so New York, so uh, New York, because uh, I'm from New York, for those who don't know, right. and, and the city is completely different than the rest of the state. All cities are completely different than correct, everything. correct. And but. the city, so the five boroughs, uh, their their laws are based on on length. The rest of the state is not. The rest of the state uh, legislates very differently. And I've had to explain it to a million people. And there's there is some gray areas. Just so everyone knows, this conversation we're having, mm. you're you're going to find a lot of gray areas that we're going to have slightly different perspectives. Yes. We're going to come at it from. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, this this topic is extremely abstract, but no one deep dives it. So I I'm glad the Florida came up. I'm glad New York came up. Florida for me, as Mike was talking about Democrats or Republicans. I, I weirdly enough, I. I DeSantis does things I like, and then this what he does down there conservation wise is why I could never go Republican is because they are uh, often not the greatest for conservation, and I'll never go Democrat. Uh, as everyone knows, I'm neither. Uh, Democrat mm-hmm. Democrat pretends to be for conservation issues, but it's they're not. Neither one of them is right. right. They're both big organizations, um, and this is painting broad strokes, right? This doesn't count. Sure. Um, you know, for certain people, but just in broad strokes and what they and what the politicians do versus what a regular Republican would do. Um, so I've visited Florida a lot lately uh, in the last few years. Me and Val been going down there a lot. Been scuba diving down there. Every time we go down there, we go to the Everglades. And in the last few years that we've done this, I've been formating this this uh opinion on certain things of uh conservation and all the shit down there and i'm glad you brought up that boa because i saw an interesting conversation on a, on a mm-hmm. friend's a friend of mine who knows the two people that um you know rhett and taylor i i know a lot of people down in florida a lot of friends that moved down there from new york uh 
I have a lot of friends down there, so I, I've discussed with them certain stuff. So with that boa that just got found, right? It was amazing how many people immediately, without knowing those two, jumped to, "Oh, it's it's a plant. Animal rights planted it." Now, listen. Here's the thing: animal rights doesn't have to plant these things there. They're there. Escape pets are there because I have friends who are not really, you know, huge on social media. They find all, everything under the sun down there. The berms are the big newsmaker. Right. This boa is is gaining steam on social media, but you know, people know there's there's a there in Florida. There's actually a population that's known of of a certain I forget what species, but of a monkey. Yep, there's, a right. popula- right. there's a population. Right. Yeah. Of a monkey. There, there's yeah. a population of monkeys, and yep. Florida is a mess. Yeah, Florida is a mess, and and it's interesting because the issue down there has to do with conservation, has to do with pet trade, has to do with all these things with birds, right. pythons, and I can tell you that it's it's weird because you go down there and you're in Everglades and even though you don't want to find the berms, you want to find the berms. Like Kinda, when you're down yeah. there, you do because they're there. And uh, uh, I think Casey Cannon was pissed one time. He's like, ah, I went down there, didn't find one. I said, well, maybe I, me and Val have never seen one. We see the hunters there all the time. Um, I don't know how it is in the main park. I don't, I feel like the main park probably isn't um, where people see them as often just because the hunters, probably some of the hunters, just focus on that main yeah yeah there i i have a lot i have a couple guys i, I know one <clears> person <throat> that used to be local to me he moved down there he lives down there he works um with uh one of the gator boys they uh they he's he's one of the python licensed removers and he posts them all the time but it always looks like he's finding them off the beaten path mm-hmm. maybe still in the park but not on the park but um you know it's it's a weird thing down in florida new york is is different they did their laws based on what they considered dangerous. Um, right. Right. The the rumor was years ago a a politician in New York's kid or grandkid or some some relative had been bitten by a mammal of all things. I forget what it was, whether it's a Coatamonde or something. And they oh, those suck. They <laughs> they knee jerked they knee jerked and made anything that they felt was dangerous um, illegal. And I've pissed a lot of New York people off because I've said, well, I support the list. What they have is illegal is everything or what they have is restricted is everything that in my mind is the stuff that should be restricted and you shouldn't be able to get a Hamburg. Feel me? I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the problem, yeah. the problem with New York was there was for a long time, there was no pathway for someone say like me, maybe that's worked with snakes for a long time. I want to work with venomous. There was no pathway. Now there's a pathway. It's, it's not great. A lot of good people uh, have uh, given up education because they made it just so, so many hoops to jump through. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, what I was saying Jersey was that- is a full is a full band state. All right, yes. so there is no pathway in Jersey at all. Um, and there, there's a list. There's a lot of a lot of animals on our, our on our list right. that you cannot keep. Um, you want to keep corn snakes in Jersey because it's native. Nope. Got to have you know. It's got to be. It's a list of morphs, and you know, knowing morphs, <clears throat> that list changes. Yeah, every every season every that list is changing and changing and changing. And and as we know, government does not keep up with the changes. Right. Can can I? I what do what do you what do you? I don't understand the whole idea of like you're keeping a morph as opposed to keeping a you know say like a, a they, natural one because 
if that morph were to escape, right? Right. It'd be the, well, the, the idea is that the morph wouldn't be able to survive. No, so, no, that's actually no? not it. No, really? No, the idea is that um, if you ban the the possession of, and it, it actually makes a lot of sense. If you ban the possession of wild types, mm-hmm. people are going to be less inclined uh, to collect. Ne- exactly. Less inclined mm-hmm. to illegally collect. I get that. A yeah. threatened, a threatened species. So the way um, New York did that was they, every native species in New York is legally speaking. The way they did it is ev- ev- all native species of reptiles, um, not all amphibians. Cause you can do certain frogging, but reptiles, is essentially they all have a closed season. So, but there's no open season. So that's how they right. protected. You cannot collect anything in New York, and also in New York, you cannot, uh, you cannot even if it's say captive born in south where south somewhere Texas wherever you doesn't matter. You cannot own it if it's so, native. So their approach is more about the collection of of wildlife rather than the invasion of wildlife from right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Hmm. I Which always, is smart I because think when you of it from the invasive part of it, you know, when you go to certain spots, it's um, it's amazing how much collection happens where it's legal. I mean, it happens. It happens Texas. in New York, Texas, Texas, Texas. Texas. Yeah, go out it's to crazy. California too. Oh, yeah. They, they were California. They mm-hmm. were they were wondering what we had caught when they pulled us over in Texas. They're like, "What you got? What's your haul?" We're like, "We're we're not taking anything." Yeah. And they're like, "Oh." Oh, the, the people we were sharing the hotel with when we went there with uh, the the THP guys, yeah. um, they, I mean, they had you know those big, huge, uh, you know, those things you use as hides, Owen, those big yeah, tubs, the, the big just tubs, filled yeah. with little deli cups of yeah. of all different types of of snakes and stuff. Yeah, and it's not that I'm against collection per se. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm how we got that, our shit. But it's one of those things you don't like to see an area wiped out. Yeah, right. it's it's kind of it like you know as I've as I've heard more and more, I, I you know, there, I, it's like a two-sided thing, right? You know, you start to question, am I keeping these as best as I can? Is all it right the to time. even keep these? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it? I question the morality of all this yeah. quite a bit, you know? Um, and we'll yeah. get into that with, with certain things with sure. snakes and, and Sorry, stuff. Sorry, I didn't want to take us off, off thing. No, no, it's, that's, we're going to go down tangents. We're four friends for many, many more than a decade. Yeah. We're going to go down tangents. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a, it's a deep dive conversation. I mean, people understand they got four guys that have known each other for many years and we, we probably could have this conversation if we were sitting around a fire at Eric's house, drinking beers. This is a carpet yeah. fest we conversation. Will. Yeah, this will yeah. happen this we'll year. We, he made me promise. Or don't he fucking make me. me promises. You'll break <laughs> yeah. my heart if you don't. No, know. it's going to have, we already no, said it's we, July. We announced it. Yeah. End of July, beginning of August. We're just trying to nail down we're the date. Right. Figure out yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to tell the wife when All she right. went upstairs with the dogs. I'm going to tell her. We're going to put that in the books. All right. I got to see Mike this year. We went down. We got to spend the day with Mike and see his family for the first time in like two or three years before yeah. COVID. Yeah, my house great. like five times and it was this just, year. I can't get rid of him. <laughs> I wish. I wish I was closer. Believe me, it'd be the same thing. I shit, but uh, but yeah, no. There's you know, it's it's a this is a people understand this is a very tough conversation to really deep dive because at the end of the day, no matter how great this conversation comes out to everyone that listens. At the end of the day, if we don't get enough people involved in in the discussion and in thinking deeper about it, it doesn't really matter. Nothing's going to change. That's it. And, and translation right. into action yeah. is, yeah. is is what it's is what it's going to take. Because 
we've been we've been talking. Let's, let's face it, man. We've been talking about this for years. So oh, that's wow. yeah, yeah. That's so that's that's the yeah. thing. Pete, we we literally my entire career. Yeah. I've always heard about it. Now on social media, you hear about it more. And there's some mm-hmm. great guys. There's some great guys that talk about it quite a bit. They push US Arc. So here's the problem. So here's what started this whole thing was there was a I'll call it a meme, but it wasn't a meme. It was a couple different pictures in a row that that were pointing out some statistics. So if I can give you guys some statistics based on that meme that I, I don't know if I shared it, but yeah. so the, 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 the premise was that there's 10,000, approximately 10,000 members of us arc. Yes. There's according to certain sources, I forget what they are, but there's approximately four and a half million um, reptile owners in, in the U S. And so a lot of my friends were like, well, they're sharing it. Whoever, I don't remember who mm-hmm. created this, but the premise was, how can this be? I'm fucking, my mind is blown. I, I, I told my friends that were sharing this and agreeing with that. I said, listen, I get it. I mm-hmm. understand. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Here's the problem. Because what you're not understanding is people share these things to evoke an emotional response and we're not doing enough. And, but when you really think about it, what the hobby has shunned, not shunned, but has done a poor job of is understanding that the hobby is not just breeders yeah right that ten thousand is representative of the breeders and the really serious serious hardcore keeper the rest that and and i did that i forget what the math was i had it on my phone but ten thousand of 4.5 is something like 0.22 percent so 0.22 percent less than a quarter of a percent Mm -hmm. of reptile keepers in america are members us arc and i know that pisses a lot of people off but you gotta understand most of those people are pet owners. I'm a dog owner. I'm not a member of any dog legal. AKC, legal. something That's or other. Point. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You have <clears throat> to consider this. And now that pisses people off. Well, here's the thing. The hobby has done a shit job of two things that have hurt us. And in, in the grand scheme of things, it may not matter anyway, because laws go how laws go. But we've done a shit job of one um, understanding and treating the pet owners with more respect and, you know, compassion Mm-hmm. right we treat them like shit online mm-hmm. it, generally speaking not you not me i mean I've, yeah yeah, yeah. You know, but right. we all yeah. you know and also what i've seen and people and and the big snake community got really mad at me for a while when i said this is that we've done a very poor job of treating the general public with respect who yeah. is the voting public right the right. numbers so I, I, I would watch these videos of the big snake community because they're under attack more than the, the medium small. And it makes sense. Right. They would post videos with their kids with very large snakes. I'm like, look, yeah. I get it. But you got to understand you're not reading the comments and not being realistic. Right. Of what the comments are in your video once it goes viral, because it does. It goes viral. Yeah. There's there's multiple companies that that's what they do. They find vir- they find videos that are they, they know are going to go viral. And they buy the rights off them, and then you see them on six or seven different things, and they get shared all over. Right. I told the big snake community, I said, listen, I get the premise. I said, share your kid with like a three-foot retic instead of right. a 10-foot retic because yeah. you don't understand what the general public is seeing. Right, right. When you yeah. don't understand it and you don't have a, a, a real perspective on why that matters – you get all mad at when they when the when the general public in the comments is is calling us you know all kinds of names or this that you know right. how unsafe it is. They don't care when you say you when you who who has nothing to do with the video right. You're in the comments defending the video because you're like I need to defend my right to keep these snakes. First off, right. we don't have the right 
It's not a right to keep animals. It's it's a it's a privilege. I hate when people say it's a right. It's not a right. It's a privilege right. to work with these animals to keep these animals. Get that shit out of your mind. But it, I've watched. I've I've been in so many threads of these videos on the viral sites and seen the general public, and I'm like, man, we got to start treating these people better because when we're disrespectful to them and we treat them like shit because they're not educated. It doesn't just look bad to that person that you're insulting. It looks bad to the 50, 100, 200 people that are also seeing that comment and be like, dude, this snake keeper is a piece of shit. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, there, and there's going to be outliers because, like, obviously, there's always that dude who takes his 10 foot retic to, like, the boardwalk to do pictures and crap like that, or, <laughs> you know, um, other things like that. And it's like, if we cannot be. Don't open, don't put the target on ourselves. Like don't they, they those are the ones that want to shove it down everyone's throat. Right. But, but I'm gonna videos at the like, same with the dog. Like like <laughs> what was it? There was one guy who got really mad at us because we called him out because he had a bunch of anacondas and little chihuahuas running around. And I'm like, well, that's an accident waiting to freaking happen. Well, yeah. And he blew up at us. And I'm like, well, but you don't see that? Like, that's the first thing that people are gonna comment. And it only takes a split second. Now, some some of these people, all right, as far as going to the boardwalk and doing right. that whole thing with your with your giant snakes, a lot of that is I want a, I want a giant python, I want a giant pet python, and I want to be the center of attention. Right. It's not yeah. it's not the big snake breeders. Right. It's it's not I mean, these are these are the pet owners that and I guarantee you do like members of US ARC aren't showing up on the boardwalk. Right there with their 10, 15 foot retick, you know, scaring half the people that are there. Right. You know? Correct. But we're going to get lumped in with those people. Like that's going right. to happen immediately. Right. Like, yeah, obviously being a Pennsylvania snake keeper, I'm lumped in with the guy who got caught with an apartment full of cobras like a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. That's ex- sure. that immediately where people's brain goes. Yeah. So. I have to make sure I'm on point. I don't take so, my snakes outside and take pictures of them in my front lawn. At, like, what point, uh, at what point does it become the breeder's responsibility to sell these snakes? Because I find, I, I, I and again, this could just be my perception, right? It's just that I think I think something that that really stuck with me a long time ago was when I bought a scrub python from David Means. Now this is back in like 2009, and like the vetting process that I had to go through with him in order to just be considered to to buy one of them was mm-hmm. just was was crazy right and at the time i was thinking like oh man this is crazy like what what you know like you know does i mean he sees me on the forum blah 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 but like i think his understanding is probably and now i understand why right you see a full mm-hmm. adult scrub python that that's a, that's a that's not an animal that you fool around with. Like, you know what right. I mean? You have to sure. be ready to to be to understand what that entails. It's a dangerous animal. Yeah. Right. The hobby downplays it because we don't want the public to think that, but we Correct. also don't own the fact that these are legitimately possibly dangerous animals. So we have yeah. to own that and frame the conversation differently. Yes. And also what you're getting at is responsibility, Eric. Yes. That's exactly what you're saying. And I've said that for – I wrote about that a while uh, back when I was writing was that the, the the breeders have to be overall more responsible. And a lot of us are. A lot of us, if we get the sense that uh, you know, a buyer's 
probably not going to take care of this animal, right? A lot of us are, but there is uh, you, shit. You guys go to Hamburg all the time. You know, there's a lot that aren't yeah. responsible. Yeah. I don't go to Hamburg. And that's another point, right? So like the reason I don't go to Hamburg and this is, this is, this is what, you know, I can only do what I can do. And I don't ever, I, very rarely do I, I track. I mean, if it comes up, like we're talking now, I'll, I'll give you my opinion, but it's not like I'm going on NPR saying every week, Oh, Hamburg sucks. Hamburg sucks. Hamburg mm-hmm. sucks. I'm sorry, man. I can't support a show that sells snakes in in a two liter bottle. I just can't. I can't. I can't be a part of that. I I just I'm not going to do it. The and problem is, is that wants you to are the one percent, and there's not enough guys that are are putting their foot down to the promoter and saying we can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. and and I I don't I don't I don't feel anything. I mean, Owen does it all the time, and me and him are. <laughs> I mean, we're like best friends. I'm not here to tell him what he can do. Right. No. I'm only saying what I can do. <clears throat> to me, that's the line. I couldn't go past that line anymore because now I'm so. I, I, come on, man. Like, I mean, seriously, you're. We're going to sit here and argue about, you know, with different people in the public and everything about our perception of how we come across in a hobby, and you can't even you. You can't even respect that that's a living animal enough to 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 put it in a pro. I mean, go get a six quart tub from freaking Walmart that is ninety nine cents. Here, so like, here's put- why that's here's why that's dangerous. Let me let me give you a, a, a something to think about. So, animal rights groups, right? Being yeah. of being of all animal owner existence, um, when those guys go to the certain. Um, when they go after the the meat industry, the farming industry, and they go to certain farms and they get video of them doing certain things, right? Who's who's to blame at that point, right? It's really the the they're they're not they're not making they do make a lot up and they do certain things, but when they sure. do these videos and they show these videos that are are meant to pull at your heartstrings, mm. they're exposing that farm. So if an animal rights group comes to a reptile show and you have animals in bottles. You have animals on certain that we all know, certain uh, importers and, and large sellers, tables that are dying in the fucking right. cups. Yeah. Right. What are they doing? Everyone, everyone in the hobby, when they see that happen, is going to be so mad at animal rights and fuck animal rights, fuck PETA. But they're exposing us. They're exposing right. yeah. that. Right. The So I was, I was watching some documentary that was talking about large animal exotics and exotic pets owned and this, that, and the other thing, mainly focused on things like lions, tigers, and stuff like that, but it also did venomous. So at one point during the documentary, it's quiet, like there's no music, the guy's driving, and it just says Pennsylvania. And I'm like, oh, I I, I recognize that building. I know what's happening here. And of course, they immediately walk into Hamburg. And I'm like, if they pan the camera over a little bit, I'm pretty sure I'm standing right over there. And they went and they bought a death adder and they just took this death adder and they, they're just like easy as pie. Like that is something that every so often, every couple of years, there's always somebody that does a new show on going to one of the reptile shows in PA and buying like a short snap viper or cobra or whatever the hell it is or something else, which they could legally do because they're above the age of 18 and this, that, and the other thing. So I it's did always it years it's, ago. It, right. It seems to be like this fear mongering thing that happens, but nothing ever changes. Hamburg never changes. It doesn't change because people keep going, man. Right. And, exactly. and how do we, and how do we, as a community, how do we change that? Stop right. going. I think what would end up happening is you're, that if no, you, you're not going to stop the stop going. The 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 it's the the people selling. 
the vendors. Right. So well, if, that, if and and I think that I think that's what, what Eric's saying is, right. is is for the vendors to stop going, or right? for the or yeah. to, to am, I, am I right? Yeah. What what I'm saying is is that if if yeah, you're exactly right, Mike. Like to me, that was the stand I had to take. Like I look at it as I vote with my dollar, right? Because mm. if I stop buying or purchasing or going or whatever I'm doing to support this. And and then somebody else does it, and then somebody else does it, and then somebody else does it. Either that that show promoter is going to change how they're doing things, or that show is going to go away, and another one is going to come up. And so then it's, when when the next one comes up, they're going to say, "Oh well, you know, if we're going to do this right, this is where they screwed up. Let's not mm. do this." You know what I mean? So and, and you know what? I haven't I haven't done Hamburg in years. All right. Yeah. And Owen will tell you, I texted him what last Saturday. Yep. Said. uh Hey, um, you got a table for for next Hamburg because I want to jump on and and for me, um, one one of the reasons that I haven't done it is uh, I'm not crazy about the atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. It's on a Saturday, which isn't real convenient for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I I didn't really. Now I'm I'm generally a pretty thoughtful guy. I didn't give a lot of thought to the overall impact um, that. Hamburg and um, and the perception based off of Hamburg. Okay, um, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't put a lot of a lot of thought into that. Uh, yeah. So and, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm sure everyone yeah, think more. That's it. I'm deeper. sure most people don't. Yeah. All right. As, and as and Eric, you it's funny. Eric mentioned voting with your dollar, man. That's the problem is that's fucking hard for people to do. Um, yeah. interestingly enough in New York, I, 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 I was, I was forced to do that myself. Uh, as you, you guys know, and I, hopefully a lot of people know, I, I have a black roughneck monitor female right now that I fucking love. Mm. And, uh, it's a species I've loved for a lot of years. I owned one many years ago. I got this one. So before I got this girl, um, there was one at a show I was at with my wife. It was at a very well-known death dealer's table. When I say death dealer, everyone in New York knows it's it's one of the worst New York vendors. I'm not going to name the name because they like playing legal games, but we all know who it is. Mm. Um, and I, you know, it's weird because there's certain animals that sometimes you have to you have to almost be willing to get a little dirty with if you really want to work with them because they're only imports. They're not right. captive bred. Right. Uh, thank God Robert Fox just had a, a clutch of uh, uh, I think he had three baby roughnecks, but they're not very commonly bred. So like sometimes you have to go to the dirty places to get the imports here and there. And it, it sucks. Uh, me and Chris Foley had to talk about this years ago, how it's one of those moral versus how hard you yeah. want to work with this. So yeah. this death dealer, I once had uh there's a, there's not white plains, but there's another very large show in New York and the promoters, have gotten mad with me in the past in their in their Facebook group when I, I and I told them I said listen I said no no disrespect because uh, people were calling this per- this death dealer out in public and they were defending them and so in private message I said look I said I don't know why you guys have to have a death I understand why some shows want that because they get the variety that way I said listen you guys brought variety the right way you've brought they at the time this is years ago they had t- uh, really cool gecko breeders. Um, odd and end lizard breeders, like, and some really good stuff. I said, listen, you guys have done the right thing here. Mm-hmm. You don't need to associate with that anymore. And right. they, then, unfortunately, they're, they're, whatever you want to call it, they're not their ego, but they're, 
their wallets, I guess, you know, having that vendor that they, they decide to back that vendor. So this is, this is not going to help us long run, but yeah. you have to vote with your dollar people. Like it's a hard thing to do. And you also, on the other side of being a breeder, you have to learn to say no sometimes when it's beneficial to the animal. Right. I, yeah. I just had this conversation with, with a mutual friend of, of ours um, the other day. And we were talking about another vendor and, you know, um, the, the, the general consensus is like, well, you know what? Um, I generally wouldn't buy anything from them. However, I keep things cordial just in case. Mm. All right. Yeah. Just in case it's that it's that uncommon species that sought after species that um, that I can't find. And I, man, I, I, I need a, I need a male. You know, it's yeah. a battle morality. We yeah. Do. Uh, what is it? I, I've, I've been through it myself. There's a certain breeder in, in um, Florida that I, I just, to me, it, again, this was a hard decision because I had a, a, a Moluccan scrub. I, you know, I was like, oh, I really want to get, I, these are beautiful animals, you know, uh, Halma Harris scrub. Oh, I know who you're talking about. There, and the person sent me, a Timor Python and it had freaking maggots in the cup. And I'm like, wait a minute. And he knows who I am. And it's not that I should get special treatment or something, but he knows that I have a podcast and he knows that I could come on and just name him and just be like, you know, what is this shit? And like, I, I didn't go that route. I mean, you know, if somebody asked me about it personally off the off the air, and like I won't say their name on the air, but, but you don't have to. Everyone knows yeah, who's on yeah, yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. everybody knows. I think but, so. But yep. They continue to buy from this guy. Yeah. It, it just freaking blows my mind. And because it, it is, it's always that same thing, right? And I, right. I, I totally get it because I've been there. But it's like at what point, you know, if I I just have this I, – I think I came to this realization that like I – you know, it's, it's almost like a drug chasing the next thing, right? And like every time I would chase that next thing, it would always be about the next thing until I was trying to get the next thing. Right. And, and like yeah. – I, it, it's like I lose the appreciation for what I have. Like, you know, six months ago, this snake would have been the thing that I had to have. And now what? Now that I have it, now all of a sudden it's not as, as important to me. So now I have to get something else. Right. And I get it. There, there, there's a certain species that isn't in the hobby and, and, and all this stuff. I, I totally understand the, the dilemma. But again, just for me, I couldn't do it anymore. It's just like, yeah. okay, well, unless Scott produces them or, you know, uh, you know, whatever, I, I, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I saw, I saw the same thing with, with a particular species and I'm pretty sure the same, the same seller that you're talking about, a, a friend of mine sent me a, a link mm-hmm. and uh, like, Hey, you want these, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. Is this, um, no. no, I don't want those. No, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There um, uh, and you, ha- you, 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 we have to vote with our dollar. Um, yeah, and 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 the, I think the you know a big thing is uh, when you're talking about the the different shows and the different show promoters are breeders willing to vote. Are, and I'm not talking about the death dealers. I'm talking about breeders, um, small small time or big time legitimate breeders. Are they willing to vote with their dollar and walk away from the biggest, longest running show in the Northeast? 
Let me ask this question. Do you guys think that the majority of people that are selling snakes, let's even just say in our area, okay, are they full-time breeders or part-time breeders? Part-time, part-time breeders. 99.999 part, are part-time. There's very few. So uh, they're not. There's some, but very few in so, the Northeast. So, so they're not relying on that to pay their bills. No. Right. Okay. Not, mostly not. I mean, so, I mean, I, what is this obsession with having to breed everything every year? Why not just say, you know correct. what? I'm not breeding this year. May I? Yeah. Go ahead. Hold on. I, <laughs> yes, actually, you had I, your head. Yes, you <laughs> had your hand raised. Okay. So here's my here's my thoughts on it. Um, when we speak of the hobby, mm. right? We speak of the serious keepers and and then the breeders. That four and a half million over there, um, the the obsession with the breeding is because we as a collective have romanticized and made it yeah. sexy to breed, right? Right. Yeah. Think right. about it. We don't. We're guilty of it. I, yeah. we're all, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it, right? Like you, you. It's just a mindset. It's 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 infected all of us. Where like when you sell a snake to someone. You're not even thinking of anymore that that it's so we it's almost weird now when someone comes to me and wants a jungle. I just want one jungle. I want to put it in a seven foot by six foot by five foot. That's the rarity. Most people, it's an investment. It's the breeding because we as a collective have romanticized it. We've made mm. it sexy. We've we've ignored. We've pushed away the, the the pet owner because those are the ones that talk cutesy to the animals, right? Right. Uh, a snack and, and danger noodles, right? We make fun of those people. So we've pushed them to the side. Right. So when someone new comes into the hobby, what is, a lot of the times when you go to the breeder and the breeder as a collective, as all of us, uh, we've made it sexy to be breeding. So we're like, oh yeah, you got to have this and this and a pair and, and people. And, and then it becomes almost addictive. And yep. they, some people think they're going to make a million dollars on it. Mm-hmm. Some people just, you know, they're going to make, they're going to pay one bill a month, two bills a month off of this. It's, it's very difficult. I I'm, I'm weird, man. I, I've recently, I'm moving. I haven't really produced jungles in a couple of years just because I'm like, man, there's so many fucking people doing it now. Like I don't even care. Right. Like, right. I, 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 this year I'm not br- producing anything that's common because I had to take on uh, a friend that passed away's collection. So I have nine blood pythons and some king snakes downstairs and some other, some coastals downstairs. So I got no room for babies of my own unless it's a Malukan or a Savu or a baby roughneck monitor. Mm. I don't really give a shit, but like, I, I, I think we've, we've romanticized breeding so much. That now everyone, when they come into the hobby and, and they move past the one animal that, okay, I'm a pet owner, now I'm, they get two, three, four. Now they want to be the breeder right off the bat. And that's where you end up in exactly what you what you mentioned was wanting to breed everything with cloaca. But they don't understand that. And a lot of people don't understand what it takes to become a legitimate, well-respected um, you know, good track record, good animals breeder. It takes time. It takes yeah. quality animals. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, you know, with me, people are like, oh, Scott, you produce great black and yellow. I'm like, motherfucker, ain't got nothing to do with me. I bought animal. I a lot of my stuff comes from the gentleman to the left of me on the screen, Mike. A lot of my blood mm-hmm. comes from him and other right. guys, Jason Balin and and uh, sure. Sean Christian. Like, yeah, like yeah, like I I. I have nice animals from these guys. That's the only reason I'm breeding black and yellow. It's the only reason other people are breeding black and yellow. 
Like, but you don't need to breed every year. You don't. Or and, and at I least think, as much. I think there's there's a difference today than there than there was. Um, I remember being a little kid having guppies, hmm. all right. And my uncle Tony, he used to breed guppies, and he loved the fish. And so, as a kid, like six, seven years old, I I got some some guppies, and I wanted to I wanted to breed tropical fish because I mm-hmm. wanted to. I had these pretty fish that I liked that I wanted, I wanted to put them together and make more, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I sure, think there's a, yeah. there's a very, a very organic drive to, I have these beautiful animals. I would like to breathe them together um, and, and see what comes out. Um, and then there is the drive. Like you said, I'm going to, I'm going to use this. I'm going to pay a bill a month or, or whatever, or that, that drive, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make lots of money. Look at how yeah. much these things sell for. <laughs> and I mean, well, I think social media yeah. has pushed that secondary drive. Like Mike said, I, I agree. I, come, we, I agree. Uh, I've got over 20 years. I knew you guys got time. Like back then, it was primarily keeping the animal, keep the animal alive. Yeah, that's how like it was said, for me. Yeah, 100%. organically, eventually, you're like, man, I want to see the next process of this, and you do that organically. Now it's like instant. They want instant gratification. They want you know, this many snakes in a rack. Mm-hmm. I want to breed right away. Like it's not organic anymore. It's not, you don't right. build that appreciation for what this animal is, how it acts in nature mm-hmm. and, and, and really have a deeper understanding of it. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah. And they like want rats. all the, it, it's want like all the you want to and all the life. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, it becomes like, um, uh, what, I mean, first of all, there is a certain magic to when you see a snake pipping out of an egg. Hundred percent, dick. Hundred yeah. you know percent. I mean, it's it's like yeah. you're seeing life just formulate right in front, right in front of your it's, eyes. Especially it's a, if it's, it's a an amazing project thing that you've been working for ten years, twelve years. But I guess my what I, what I'm saying is is like I I, I think you're right, Scott. Um, that you you said it a couple times that I, I've I've said this a long time ago. And and the Morelia community kind of poo-pooed me and told me to go away. Is that we don't focus on selling Morelia, whether it be a carpet or a chondro, as a pet, because they make fantastic pets. They don't mm-hmm. get too yeah. big. Mm-hmm. They're visible. They perch. You know, yeah. Sometimes they can be a little feisty and bitey as babies, but they typically most yeah. of them grow out. Right. I saw Riley. If you're gonna, I saw Riley yeah. just did a video on it. I didn't watch it yet because I've been I've been working fucking yeah. nonstop. I saw the same right. thing. Yeah. Um. Yep. I don't know if he mentioned it in there. It, it was top five reasons why carpet pythons are a good pet, and I hope mm-hmm. he mentioned it. But my thing has always been the number one reason carpet pythons are so good as a pet is is because of one very important reason, and there's, there's all the other reasons we know. One important reason is they are so fucking adaptable to our yeah, to the yep. beginner mistakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can accept 100%. those beginner mistakes that we all fuck up on yep. way better than just about anything out there. Yeah. And think about their natural history, right? Whenever you go to Australia and you're looking for carpet pythons, they're by people's homes, right? Yeah. Because that's, right. you know, so so to have it in your home, most of the winter they spend up in people's attics and garages and, you know, that's where you're going to find them. And, yeah. you know. So yeah, immediately, I mean, what's the so, difference if you're keeping it inside a cage inside your house? Or in your roof in your house, you know, it's it, it to me. I don't know. It's so Eric, much. I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage you um, 
because I heard that statement that you made as far as towards the Morelia community, as far as mm-hmm. mar- selling these as pets and ignoring the pet owners. Um, and someone inquires about a carpet python. And the first thing mm-hmm. I do is say, hey, is this a pet or are you looking to breed? What mm-hmm. are your intentions? Nice. Right? And it, I, I tell you what, it has, um, it's kind of changed the way I've, I've looked at the community. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's allowed me to tailor each, each sale to the customer, to, right. to, to the buyer. Mm. Okay. Perfect. So, and, and I, I think I, that's something that, that benefits everyone. All right. Yeah. It, it benefits me. Um, and it, and it benefits like if someone wants a, a, a pretty black and yellow snake mm-hmm. to put, be put on display in a nice, in a nice naturalistic enclosure in their living room, um, I'm not going to try and sell them something that's packed with genetics um, for a ton of money, unless that's what mm-hmm. they want. Right. You know? <clears throat> right. Yeah. For everyone well, listening, I think Mike just made a really good point is, and I think it's something that everyone should do as, as an animal keeper, especially is that you should be willing and open and willing to change your perspective mm-hmm. on something and your viewpoint on something to if it if it benefits everyone as a whole as the community the animal especially the animal that's yeah. always my primary thing but i mean i my perspectives on a lot has changed um on a, on a lot of things um over the years and i, I think that's an important part of, um you know, I think it, it it's kind of a natural, uh, like Mike said, a natural organic progression. Right? F- progression for me is I'm kind of I'm kind of going through a weird spot right now, man. Where I'm like, like I it's weird because we're we're so we're looking at moving to Florida possibly mm-hmm. um, after I hit ten years on the railroad, and and when you're looking at moving to Florida, and I don't know if it's Florida, it may be somewhere else, but. It's Florida's high up on the list because it, every besides the the hobby is the shit part of it. everyone's like dude everything's be illegal there and I said you know what mm-hmm. all the other stuff that we do like Florida's pretty good for like the the hobby part of it I, I'm moving I almost want to not breed I, I I don't care about breeding anything that's like even jungles that are very easy for me. Mm-hmm. I, I have a male black roughneck that I'm, I was hoping to have by now. I don't have yet. It's paid for something like that, that it matters. My scrubs, my savus, things like that, um, that aren't bred commonly. Like I'll still pair up, but, um, yeah, like, uh, the way snakes are being kept, uh, it's, it's been a weird transition for me from back in the day. Like I started when aquarium, I don't know how you guys, when aquariums yep. were Late the way. bottom aquariums, man. Right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, you can't keep a snake in an aquarium. Like, fuck you. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Not everything can be kept in an aquarium, but some stuff, right. you can do it. It can make right. it work. You yeah. also don't know what one person's room is compared to another, right? I did the breeding thing. I, I made a name for myself, breeding carpets. Like, not Nick Mutton name, but, you know, I made a medium name. Yeah. Um, People I knew some, who you were. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have other cool shit. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? <sighs> Like I almost want to slow down. I don't want to breed as much. And like, I, I'm realizing now as we, and this is where I'm getting to with the point of Eric asked my, my perspective on things. I think that 
I dabble a lot, and I know you guys overall have dabbled a lot in other communities, uh, whether yeah. it be whether it be gecko, whether it be different snakes, whether it be monitor, whether it be turtle, whatever. Um, I have found that as I've dabbled over the last ten years, I mean more than that, but dabbled seriously over the last ten years with the social media community, be part of is that every other community right now has a much better handle on. Um, keeping their animals better. What I mean is, is that the snake Ooh, community. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah. And, and the snake community, whether we like it or not, and, I, and we have we have friends in common right now that probably won't like this, but man, mm. listen, I, I am a breeder still, right? I keep some snakes in tubs, right? Here's here's the thing. One is that best for the snakes. Yes and no. It's it's. What's in the tub? What's that? We, we, we understand something is that the box, right? Yeah. Whether it's a tub, whether it's a cage, whether it's, it doesn't matter the outside box, whether as long as it's a box of the, of a box of a box, the same size doesn't right. matter what's inside in the habitat inside that matters, except if you are the general public and yeah. we're doing the shoes things, right? So with, when I said before that we romanticize breeding, that's also backfired on us because we've romanticized it so much that that's what we show, right? Yeah. Everything online is the breeder and we're all breeders here, right? So we all have racks. We know, yep. we know that the snake in that rack in that tub of this size is no different than in the, the full decked out cage of this size with the same right. furniture inside of it. We know that general public doesn't, and, and they don't get that. They don't care. Right. We we as hobbyists have to understand that. We have to understand their perspective. Doesn't matter if they're right or wrong, because we understand more. That doesn't matter. The general public sees us as people that are keeping snakes in shoeboxes. The problem is, is that a lot of these guys keeping snake in, in racks, there's a lot of ball python breeders and other breeders that keep their snakes in racks that are fucking too small for their snake. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They just are. Yep. Right. Yeah. My you you have to you have to go to yourself and your own morals of what you think is a good minimum size for the animal and what's the furniture. But there's a lot of these guys that are just keeping ball pythons in fucking little little tiny things, barely big enough for them lengthwise. They can't barely turn I mean they can turn around in them, but you know, two, three inches that way for hatchlings. We get that generally like ah, it's not too bad for a baby, you're gonna move it up. General public doesn't give a fuck. They see right. us as, as a puppy mill, right? Pretty yeah. much. They're not wrong, though, in the fact that the snake sector of the hobby has done a poor job comparatively to the monitor side of the hobby, the yep. turtle side of the hobby, um, gecko side of the hobby. As you guys know, if you're in other groups, I am. I'm in monitor groups. I'm in that. They've done leaps and bounds, especially the monitor group, right? Yeah. I I've, yeah. I, I have a weird – my wife's a gecko person, as you guys know. I, I have a love of monitors, sort of. I've kept monitors on and off for years. I finally – and I've kept monitors wrong for 15 years, right? Back when I had I had a black roughneck, I had a savu, I had a, um, a uh, black throat years ago. Sorry, New York. Um, <laughs> right? Like – all those were kept incorrectly. Right. right. Sorry. My black roughneck, uh, with Chris Foley's help of designing the cage and, and telling me, giving me a lot of advice and other great friends in the monitor community give me great advice. Listen, I'm fucking stoked with the cage downstairs right now. It's fucking huge. The thing mm-hmm. has room. 
they're a tough monitor to keep because they're arboreal, they're semi-arboreal, semi-aquatic, semi-terrestrial. They need everything. Um, every other community has done it as as a whole, right? There's still those pet keepers still have trouble yeah, keeping liars, turtles. Yeah, yeah. Owen, you got a tortoise. You got a fucking big tortoise. I don't know how you do it because our small tortoise uh, is. A I bitch. devoted I devoted half my basement to his yeah. to his winter home. Yeah, he's not lying. I, <laughs> I could I could put a couple more snake cages, but that's his territory. And then Dude. in the summer, I have devoted half my backyard to his wanderings. Uh, and uh, my wife has a fridge freezer downstairs that is, that needs to be stocked every winter. And she's making regular chick trips to Wegmans to make sure that thing is fed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tortoises. It's a small horse is what yeah, we have tor- downstairs. Right. Tortoises, right. tortoises and turtles and a lot of lizards make fucking awful pets. They do. Terrible do. idea. I didn't want him. <laughs> this wasn't my decision. <laughs> oh, by the he way, good, the good job. Good, good, good job getting married near uh, the, the date for Tinley. You're never going listen, to Tinley. Listen, years ago, when you got married on Tinley, planned that out. I, I know. That's why I'm Jason telling you. Malin that I wouldn't do it. And then I did it, and mm-hmm. he was mad at me. So. <laughs> I know. Hey, yeah. I that's when I saw your date. I said, "Oh, yeah. he's never going to Tinley again." To no. be fair, to be fair, to be fair, my wife and I almost went to Tinley for our uh, around that time See? of year. See, like, but so here's he the thing: other people. <laughs> but as you guys know, my wife and I like to travel. We decided to go somewhere else. We always travel for our anniversary, like a, a weekend trip. Yeah. Um, I forget where we went that year. It might have been New Mexico or something like that. We decided to go because there's just nothing to do out by Tinley. I can tell you this. We had a we coming back from New Mexico, we had a fucking shit experience with uh Chicago Airport, O'Hare. <laughs> O'Hare. Yeah, We've, O'Hare sucks. We <laughs> have both decided to stay the fuck away from that state. <laughs> so Tinley's never happening around my anniversary ever. But well, she's got family in Florida, so I'm pushing for Daytona just so I can go down and do the Daytona show and do some herping. Yeah, Florida Florida's yeah. high on our list. Yep. Uh, you know, so can I uh, can I? It's it, it's interesting. I don't want to talk too much here. But I want to. I want to jump in real quick. As we as we prepped for for this show, mm. um, you know, I was I was able to write down a couple of things. And number one on a list as far as hobby image is industry standard relating to social media, husbandry, etc. All right. right. And I think what what we're all talking about, all right. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Those are his that notes. Just, just, just let him oh, go. Continue. So, so, sorry. Yeah, it's, <laughs> what, what we're talking about is how we've done a crap job in the way we treat um, novice keepers, yep. the way we treat mm-hmm. uh, reptile pet keepers, uh, mm-hmm. and and the way that uh, we portray ourselves um, mm. in the animals that we keep. All right. Um, and I think not, not all snake community, like the dry mark on community is, I mean, they're, they're really doing a great job um, as far as variable diets, enrichment, um, outdoor exercise, uh, you know, and, and cage space. Um right. As as a whole, I think they they do a they do a, a, a wonderful job with that. Um, now, 
you've got the other end of the coin, like you just said, and I'm not, not trying to bash ball Python keepers, but you know, where opening drawers and showing paint jobs, um, where the more, the more morphs that you have, um, it's easy. Like you said, a shoe collection. All right. Now, Mm -hmm. how do we, as, as keepers, as breeders, um, how do we set that industry standard? Um, I mean, I mean, th- this and and this is where this is where it gets really dicey because we can talk about this, Correct. and and we can have these conversations, and and I think the four of us are going to agree. Whole, I I, I know how you guys keep your animals. Um, I right. think the four of us can can do a pretty. You know, we're going to agree on most most things as far as keeping. Um, how do we convey this to the rest of the industry? And, and how do we, how do we set those standards? Um, widespread in, in, in a way that's going to foster some unity. So I thought about this, Mike, and I thought about, you know, well, I do these podcasts, you know, we've been doing it for this long. And sometimes I take for granted the, 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 uh, the influence or the impact or the, platform that we've worked on for Mm -hmm. 12 years of how we can sort of, you know, get that message out there. And we had this carpet cliff notes thing that we, we were doing and it was kind of like just these little segments, you know, focused on again, from a breeding aspect, Mm -hmm. focused on a lineage of an animal or, you know, uh, what's the Russian tiger? What's this? What's that? What's a Balin tiger? You know, all this different stuff. And I, it, it came to me and I said, you know what? I'm going to make carpet cliff notes a question that mm-hmm. a new keeper would have about a carpet Python and do a short little podcast, 15 minutes answering that question, showing the different sides of what it would be. Does my carpet Python need humidity? How big does a carpet Python cage have to be? And then sort of saying, okay, well, here are some of the ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of similar to what you're saying with when you are engaging with your customer, right? You're sort of, you're sort of saying, okay, what is your intent? Where where are yeah. you going with this? The answer um, is different depending on what you're trying to do. But we, yeah, NPR is always going to be the geeky breeder, dive deep Python type of thing. But we're not doing anything to like your average pet keeper doesn't want to tune in probably and listen to us talk about you know whether it's a line or you know i mean shit even just like somebody goes out and buy a carpet python and what's our response online it's like oh that's not of this and that's not of that and blah 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 and, blah, 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 and everybody's arguing and it's like attack this mm-hmm. person and it's not that we're, we're it's it, we're not wrong but it's it's how we're saying it right and it's, it's similar to yeah. yep it's, it's similar to how i see the husbandry debate first of all i can't for the life of me figure out to me right why snake keepers are so anti moving husbandry forward. I, I, it, 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 it boggles my mind. And I think what it comes down to is the way this world is, right? You're either in this camp or you're in this yep. camp. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is, is that if you like us, right, we've been doing this now for 20 plus years, you know, shit, I've kept in racks, I've kept in cages, I've kept in aquariums, I've kept in all these different things and it's all worked for me and I've had mm-hmm. success and I have healthy animals, Right. But 
I was always taught that snakes are less intelligent. They were thought of as less intelligent. They're late, you know, and, and we even make jokes about it where we say, oh, don't get into lizards because when, if you do were a snake keeper and you become a lizard keeper, you're going to realize how lazy you were as a snake keeper and kind of <laughs> joke about it because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, you've, you change the water once a week and da 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 and that's, that's what it is. Right. Um, but I just think like, I, I, I think what happens is, is that like, take for me, right. I'm slowly trying to move my stuff into bigger cages with a smaller collection and it takes time. It takes yeah. money. It takes space. I can't just, it's not like a, it's like a ship. I can't just turn the ship around. Mm-hmm. I got to slowly turn that ship around. But the problem mm-hmm. is, is that if you listen to a lot of the, 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 say the, uh, I'm going to assume they're just newer keepers. Maybe they're not. Maybe they've been keeping a while. Maybe it's the pet keepers. But this husbandry push to UV and this and that, perching and this and all you know, all these different things, not having just a paper as a substrate type of deal. And and it's again, it's not that there's anything wrong with that. But I think with 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 me, where, where I look at that is, I say, if I admit that they're right, then that means that I'm a terrible keeper, and I'm not going to admit that I'm a terrible keeper. Because if I say that, yeah, you're right, <laughs> but I'm still going to keep my snake in a tub, mm-hmm. who's the bad person then? I think the and- problem is is that right? everyone wants every um, controversial topic to be black or white. Right, yeah, right. it's not. It's not. It, with the, the country as a whole and all their, their big, huge political hot buttons, mm-hmm. those things are often <clears throat> not black or white. No. We, we, and And – we, we, there's the gray area, which I talk about. I've, I, I don't know if I've really written about, but I, I think about it a lot is that, that it's the gray area where you really is most of this stuff lands, right? Is that it's not black or white, it's not right or wrong. That's why certain things can be discussed in certain ways. That, like, uh, the UV is one where, listen, Carpets, uh, pe- and the problem is you get a lot of these keepers in, in, in a thread on Facebook, and you get black or you get white, yes yeah. or no. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Then you get s- the the few of us that maybe we've done this a while, and we're like, listen, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying, can it? Does it benefit? Yeah, it probably benefits some. Yeah, is it That's harmful it. if you right don't? No, it's not harmful. It's it's we've done this for a long time. We know it's not harmful. Then there's the debate of well, if it's something that's beneficial, is it necessary? Then you have to get into your own morals. Yes, right. Of do I? So I I've never provided a carpet um, UV. I haven't. Uh, I other stuff I ha- I do and I have and, yeah. and all that. But but then you have to understand that there's multiple ways to do this. Mm-hmm. We have to accept that there's multiple ways to do this within the realm, within the box of here. Here's what should be acceptable with shades of gray, right? We, sh- you know, UV should be one of those things for carpets that should be a shade of gray that should be acceptable either way, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think humidity is similar. I would humi- agree. Oh, humidity is si- absolutely similar. Like we've we've all proven that in mul- all over the, the country. We're see. Here's the thing. We're and I say this all the time. We're fucking lucky with carpets that they are adaptable as they are. Yeah, that right. it doesn't fucking matter. They're so adaptable that they can be kept correctly in multiple ways because right. All the the carpet species are relatively close in this in this spectrum of of genetics, and they're so far spread out in that country 
that it's the, the genetic difference isn't enough where like, if you're keeping it like this one, it's, it's not terrible, right? Like jungles can stay drier than people think as long as you're hydrate right. them. Right. But right. it doesn't hurt them to be kept more humid if you can too. I mean, but you have to also be able to read the animal, right? Yeah. And, and understand um, when maybe if you're doing a certain thing that it is detrimental. Don't you think as, though that like the humidity, Oh, go ahead, Mike. As, as we're looking at, at, at these, these basic standards, right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most of the people that are breeding these things uh, across the country, they've got stickers, they've got cards, they've right. got, and, and they make it a point when they ship an animal or when they sell an animal, you get a sticker, you get some promotional stuff, you get, you get a little, little bit of something. Um, there are, there are standards that we can all agree on. Okay. So, so the, so the UV, um, so here, here's where I'm at on that. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I do think it's beneficial mm-hmm. from conversations that I've had and from what I've seen. Um, and then I'm, over the the next several years, I'm going to push to implement that into my carpets. Do I do it now? No, not yet. Yeah. But I'm going right. to move for it. The humidity thing. I don't give any supplemental humidity with the exception of a humid hide and hydration. That's mm-hmm. it. All right? Yeah. Right. Um, there's, there's certain things that it's not that much effort to write something up and give it to new keepers. All right. Right. Um, And, and send this with your animal so that they know, okay, this is, this is the best way to keep these things. All right. Um, This is, even if it's the bare minimum. All right. Right. Um, And, 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 and we need to, we need to start, start doing that and encouraging each other to do stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm guilty. I don't, I don't do it. Uh, but I, I did it on the um, I did it on my website, but here was here would be this is sort of where I fell into again the gray area. Mm-hmm. If I sit, I'm in I'm on the East Coast. You guys, we're all on the East Coast, right? right. Yeah. Humidity is not an issue on the East Coast. Yeah, no. But if you go out west, they're going to have different parameters. And for me to say oh, you don't need humidity, well. If if you have five percent humidity in Colorado, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, sixty percent humidity in the winter in my basement, right? You know what I mean. So so now you have to sort of. I, I guess it goes to your point, like, you know, you sort of have to pay attention to the animal. It's sort of like the idea is like if you teach a person to fish, you feed them. You know, you know, like that right. kind of yeah. idea, right? It, it, it's mm-hmm. it's sort of. Um, along my mindset of that. Uh, um, you know, I, 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 the other thing that, that I don't understand with us with breeders, right. It's like, you're trying to push the hobby forward. Like, so why isn't anybody doing any kind of work with, because UV might not, you might not need UV. You might need UV. Maybe it's beneficial for a little bit of time. Maybe it's not, but wouldn't you really have to do blood work to, to find out if, if you know what I mean? Like it, it's like both sides of the fence are talking about something mm-hmm. that you have no proof one way or the other. I mean, I guess there's papers on There's papers where they, there is papers where they, they find, pythons? I believe so. Um, uh, and they did the blood work. 
I want to say yes. I could be wrong. You know, don't quote me on this. But I, yeah, I was looking for something like that and I couldn't find it. I mean, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I, like I said, I, I'm in a million different circles, that, you know, with different papers and different all this. Um, I think that I think the thing that's been proven is that there's things that UV is is a is the same as like water to anything else. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a necessity. Yeah, right? monitors, right? Yeah, or yeah. No, certain I don't things. think monitors. Certain things. Some certain monitors. Things. Yeah, certain yeah. things. Um, there's things that where it is an absolute necessity. There's mm-hmm. things where it's a necessity, maybe. There's things where it's not a necessity, but it's beneficial. And then there's things where it's like, yeah, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't really have have not really spent. I know the four of us have spent quite a bit of time, a lot of time, all of us. Um, even if it's not with the animals we keep with these an- with this group of animals in the wild, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one of the biggest things I, re- I I have done is me and Val have traveled around has really just hated the iguana part of the hobby because we've spent a lot of time in the Caribbean and dude, when you, when you sit there drinking drinks at an all inclusive bar in the pool, but you're watching, you're watching the iguanas around Yeah, when you're watching the iguanas in their native habitat or well, some are native, some are not depends where you are. Mm-hmm. When you're watching these animals act as they're supposed to, it's like you you really realize how ninety nine percent of iguana keepers and by extension certain other keepers of other things just do an awful job because man it's it's they need space they need a a fucking mm-hmm. room at minimum you know these yeah. things are up and down trees and all over the place and they're in the, when you feel the air it's hot it's warm. You know, people keep iguanas like here in New York. There's people keeping iguanas right now. Where if you put the, your arm in their enclosure, that which is probably tiny, like, it's room temp. Like, yeah. And that is not where they're from, and they're not as adaptable as other things necessarily. So right. it's but th- again, then there's other people that keep these things like fucking rock stars. They got a room size thing. You know, they have all their spikes. Warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's people that keep it rock stars. You know, we we have to be careful to to not generalize too much because, yeah, again, it is what it is, and that happens with the the big snake community. Is, is man, I I feel bad. Like retics are kept very poorly in this country. I I, I hate to yeah. say it, but again, not by everybody, not by everybody. Right. Like, right. but like when you really get down to it, retics are a very large but yet semi arboreal snake, and these people are keeping them in seven eight foot you know cages like this yeah. i'm like look yeah and we yeah. all do it we've all been there sure but if we're gonna have a realistic conversation of improving our image going forward we have to accept our downfalls and accept I, our and, and try to make them better and try to make them better right. you know right there's there's one guy who has like this giant enclosure i think he yes. has like half rocks in there or something like that or they're burned i think he has a retech either one it takes up an entire room yeah, yeah. And it's huge. Yeah. Like he has to climb into it to and that's, clean it. And that's what they need. I kept exactly. my retics in eight foot cages. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and I would, I'd love to keep one or two retics again. I right. never will. No. I don't have the space. Maybe years down the road, 
when the other two move out, <laughs> we can expand. <laughs> maybe See, so, so maybe, think, maybe then I'll do a retake. But so to yeah, that they, note, if they someone need hears that this, room, yeah, they do. if someone hears this and their mindset immediately goes to, oh, but I, I need to have six, eight, ten because I'm a breeder. Are you doing the best thing for the animal at that point? Because I know it sucks. I get it. The, yep. You know, I swore up and down I was not going to get another monitor because the space I have in, in this monster cage. And then she fucking laid eggs. And then Foley was like, well, you either get a male or you sell the female. And I'm like, fuck, this thing's bred less than Malukans. I have no choice. Yeah, here yeah. I am getting a male. But originally, this was supposed to just be a pet. And I was not going to get another one. Because I was like, oh, I really don't want to have to put another one in this space and this and everything. And it's, but unfortunately, I was forced by other out, outside <laughs> influences. Right. To yeah. have to, I have to do this. Side note, can, can, can they live communally or you need a separate cage and, and well, I mean, you together for breeding? So these black roughnecks are relatively not terrible when it comes to, can we, you hope, as long as they're opposite sex. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, if it goes, if the introduction goes bad, then yeah, that's obviously. Yeah, if the, it goes poorly, it will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> but they're they're better than others as far as that, relatively speaking. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Scott. You you're talking about you looking at the iguanas when you're down the Caribbean and stuff, and um, similar. <clears throat> you know, when I went to Australia and I see a carpet python, you know, my whole idea. Number one of what we think a, a a pure something is just totally that's out the window. Mm-hmm. So like when the Australians would sort of poo poo on the Americans because we think we know what a coastal is or a jungle is or this or that or da 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 da. Uh, no, no, we don't have any idea, you know. Because shit, man, I, I'm in I'm in Rockhampton, which would be coastal carpet, you know, area, if you will. Mm-hmm. These snakes look like jungles. Right. I'm in the place where, uh, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, coastal carpets and they, they look like jungles. I'm where the jungles are and they look like coastals. Uh, shit, the, the gelatins we found, one of them looked like an IJ. So it's just like. <laughs> well, that's you know, why I say, dude, carpets. Yeah, I tell people, like, they're so fucking variable, even yeah. within what we know mm-hmm. the box is supposed to be. It's. It's not unlike what uh, you know, king snakes, rat snakes, you know, and it's this. It's it's tough because when we have this. Humans want to put everything in the, in an organized yes, box, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. And it sucks when that thing that you really enjoy that we all the four of us have bonded on it doesn't yes. fit that exactly right. what yeah. we want. Yeah. Right, hundred percent. But it also the other thing that stands out to me, you know, was was humidity. You know, right. like to your point, you can feel the heat. Like I can mm-hmm. feel the human. Like you can feel it, and you're just like, "Oh wow, is this yeah. not? Wait a minute. It, do I need? The, do I? Am I doing this wrong?" Mm-hmm. And I think about your post that you put up the other day, Scott, about you know, twenty year old animal. Yep, I, I put that up a long a time of- ago. It just popped up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But your point is is you know is is well. T- received because how many people are posting up well so i i think that carpets are a poor example of that only because they're so fucking adaptable that humidity is like mid-range of of what kill it you know what's killing and you know it's you know it's no yeah i know that's a bad example about what's going i'm not saying that i'm just 
It's just the idea of like advancing that thinking of husbandry, right? Mm -hmm. Like being in their actual environment. Yeah. Feeling what it feels like and saying, okay, am I doing this right? Well, even when it's not, even when it's, well, even when it's not your species, um, that's because I, I spent, I, I've never been to Australia. It's, it's, it's moved down the list for us a little bit, uh, just cause we have a lot of other trips to do before yeah, Australia. Sure. But, um, like I said, you know, the, the thinking with the, with the iguanas and, and certain other species we've been around in, in our herping time, it, it, it really like that takes you to the next level of thinking, even if it's not the species you're keeping because you're 100%. just observing and you're like, and you're just understanding how animals interact with their environment in a different way than you're used to. But it, the, the sad thing is this is a, this is a more involved way of thinking that usually someone like us, a mm-hmm. serious keeper to a serious breeder, the pet owner isn't really going to care or, or be sure. that involved. Right. Yeah. The struggle is to get them to get some of them more to our side, or at least to um, give the pet owner who is more likely to become like us to get them passionate enough to where they see the importance of this discussion we're having. Mm-hmm. And because we have to get so to to what Mike said before. What a lot of people don't realize, and this is really where we should bring the conversation back to, is what a lot of people don't realize is this deep dive is that they all think in, in U.S. Arca in terms of money, mm-hmm. right? And, and money is what's important. Let me tell you what. Money doesn't fucking matter in this equation. With mm-hmm. what Mike said before, he was dead on with what politicians care about. It's not money. It's numbers. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yep. votes. That's You're all you right. give a fuck about. That's so it. Here's, so here's – so do the math, right? U.S. Arc has 10,000 members. We can make some headway at the state level. At the federal level, we're going to get fucking railroaded. Every time. Every yeah. time. Not, well, not every time. It depends on how obscene it is. But eventually, it's going to hurt us. Federal is our biggest threat. Mm-hmm. State level, we have some hope. Um, U.S. Arc, at, at 10,000 members, U.S. Arc is... You know, for what they do with the ten thousand members and the money they have, and the fact that they can, the fact that they can inform all of us at the county level and all that, what's going on or what's coming up, it's pretty impressive because right. it's it's tough. It's I'm, I'm sure you guys have within yeah. your own states when mm-hmm. you're trying to pay attention to what's going on with laws. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Yep. And something else I, I think we should discuss at some point tonight is when we get down to brass tacks is um, really how we can, how we can uh, mobilize even further past what, so USR gives you a template and right. here's the emails. That's great. But I don't know if you guys have, do you, I, I'm always, we're battling once, at least once a year in New York here when you do that. Right. What I get back is ninety five percent automatic replies. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah, correct. They don't even fucking see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Letters. They're probably uh, if anyone sees it, their staffer sees it. Right. Right. Yeah. I think the discussion needs to start of at the at the state level, right? Because the federal level is fucking tough, man. Where mm. if federal laws come down, it's it's going to be a tough road to go at the state level. I think what we need, what the first thing that as a keeper you can do mm-hmm. is to find your community at that state level mm-hmm. it, within your state. 
Uh, Mike, I've done it in my state. I don't know you guys. I know Mike because I'm in his New Jersey, his local area. Facebook group is, is a good start within your state. Right. But you have to you have to find a way to mobilize at the state level because that's how uh, animal rights is really attacking us right now is at the state level. You'll see it. You know it's them because it's certain types of uh, legislation that they push. Uh, so New York's recent one, it, they, mm-hmm. which is sneaky, was by county, but it's uh, multiple states have done it. Is uh, tra- uh, traveling animal show bans? That's how they start. Right, right, yeah. Right? yeah. When you see the similar legislation pop up here and there and here and there, it's usually animal rights pushes their certain uh, congresswomen or state whoever their representatives that they they have. They push them to introduce that. We have one in New York that she's down by the city. I forget her exact district. Um, she she had introduced uh, somewhere over COVID mm. was a she wanted to completely stop all animal transportation through the state by you know shipping all of it. The reason for that was was because I guess a shipment of chicks from a farm showed up dead because of COVID delays. Okay. Here's the thing about that one, which was good for us. And and so people in other states, here's something to think about going forward when, legis- when legislation comes down the pipeline. If you can find an ally that is actually legitimate, uh, you know, a legitimate voice mm-hmm. in government in New York, it's agriculture. Right. Right. Mm. People don't realize that because the city, but. Everywhere else outside of the city in New York is agriculture is everywhere. Right. I was not that worried because I got word that agriculture was involved. Agri- big, big agriculture. That's what we're speaking of here. Mm-hmm. Farms, farm industry, real industry. Um, they were involved in that. They shut it down. I haven't heard a fucking thing about it. Right. Right. At the state level, they got, or at the, I'm sorry, at the county level now with the uh, traveling animal shows. They've been having some success in place, some places with that. So they're trying that. This is at the county level, which is mm-hmm. dangerous because that's harder to fight. But my biggest thing is if if you as a keeper that's listening to this right now, and I hope two things. One, you as a keeper, you share this conversation because it's four guys that have been doing this a long time. And we're, we're just mm-hmm. trying to have a deeper conversation. And we need to spread the word. Get involved at the state level. Find your community, find your community because you're going to need the numbers because right. What we said earlier on in in a few minutes ago was that the numbers, they see votes. They don't, the money to USR, the USR needs the money. Don't get me wrong to fight Mm -hmm. these things. But what they really need is numbers. If we can bring in a small percentage of pet keeper, that is the pet keeper that we all were when we first started, but they see mm-hmm. the, you know, to see the benefit to this. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's going to benefit us all in the long run. If we can bump that 10,000 up to even a hundred thousand people, which is a small percentage countrywide. Mm-hmm. It's just think about the, the, the ramifications. If they're, if it's a $5 membership, $1 member, whatever it is, just in the numbers of that hundred thousand versus 10,000, going to bat for you is a big thing, but we have to bring those pet, those potential more serious pet owner in by just treating everyone better with, with humility, just everyone. 
Now this, this is, this is where, you know, that little bit of extra effort comes into play and Mm -hmm. it'd be interesting. I'm going to get in touch with us arc um, probably tomorrow uh, and see if, if there's a way we can do a card for breeders with a little QR code or whatever that is, you know, that Mm -hmm. you can scan, it'll bring you right to the site. Well, brass, uh, uh, Jeremy had something on his Instagram recently. I don't know if he, I think he created it. It was a it was a QR code that um, I didn't click it because I it was weird I I don't know how to click it from the way it was presented. Okay. But I, my understanding was it brought you to a sheet of here's you know I don't I haven't seen it but I I, I understood it was a general description of you know here's what we do here's why it's important et cetera et cetera. Yeah, and well, I'll I'll have to. I'll have to reach out to him too. And because if we as, as breeders, mm-hmm. um, every animal we ship, every animal we sell at a show, um, here you go. This is really important. This is, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the numbers are going to protect your, your ability to keep these animals. Right. Um, can I, can I add to that, Mike, actually? It's, yeah. it's interesting. You said that. So, I was at uh, the Poughkeepsie show, was it last week or two weeks ago? I forget. Poughkeepsie had a show. I was off a random Sunday. I went. uh, I was speaking to Josh Mendel, you guys know, uh, Mm -hmm. and some other people. And so I found it. So this was in the midst of us discussing this discussion. And Josh had, I think it was Josh made a comment. And he said, yeah, he said, this show, it seems like it's more of the, you know, uh, bringing the kids out on a Sunday kind of checks yeah. things out. Right. So in, in the perspective of the discussion we're having and, and my brain was running, I had this, this thought that it's, you know, we, we need to come up with new ways to get as many people involved as we can, because the old ways have kind of, flat line, right? We've, we've right. hit our, yeah. we've hit our quota. You guys, you know, I know, you know, you know, we all know us arc, the importance, et cetera. That, that, that 10,000 is, is the most of the breeders at this point that are right. involved. Yeah. Right. Sure. And then that small percentage of breeders that for their own reasons, and, and, and you have to accept that is that they don't agree with it. Right. Every, mm-hmm. every gun owner is not a member of NRA. You have to accept that. Right. 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 So I had this idea of if we can get most of the vendors at a reptile show to go to the um, the promoter, right? Mm-hmm. Because not everyone's going to go to you, Mike, at a show and, and buy a snake or even grab the thing. But if we could come up with something between US Arc and every promoter mm-hmm. where you go to a reptile show, you pay your $10 to walk in the door – they hand you that little fucking ticket to give to the person that stamps you, but they also hand you something from US Arc. Mm-hmm. Now, every person that walks in the door, not me, I don't give a fuck because I already know all the what they're going to show me. I'm, I'm a, I've been doing this a long time, but the 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 mom and the kid or the dad and the kid that are walking in there on a Sunday, they want to check out reptiles. Their kid has an interest. Now they're getting it. Mm-hmm. Right. If if one percent of those people around the country get involved at a minimum level, it's the 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 effects would be pretty huge and helpful for us. Yeah. Just one yeah, percent. I, I agree. Yeah. You, you you had me thinking. I used to do this thing where let's say that I would sell an animal for three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I would take, you know, whether it's twenty dollars, 
$50, whatever it would be. And I would, I almost looked at that as like a tax for us arc. But now that you're saying to me about the, you know, the numbers of people matter more than the money, right? Cause they're getting right. I, and money matters. Yeah, I get that. Correct. But like what you're trying to do is you're trying to grow the base, right. Of USR. Right. What I probably should have did and what would probably be a better idea is like, instead of taking that $50, what is it? $5 a month for you to have a mm-hmm. membership. Why not? When they buy a snake, you take that 60 bucks and just make them a member. <laughs> Tell give them, give them a discount if give them a discount make, if they have a membership. Right. Yeah. Like, look, this snake is three hundred and fifty dollars. If you buy it, I'm going to sell it to you for three hundred and the, that fifty. Or if you, I'm going to show take me your US Arc member, and, gonna, and I'll take fifty bucks off. Yeah. See, no. Well, see, not even that. No. What I'm no. saying is getting the people in it. So you're paying right. for them to be a member. So if they if they become that snake, maybe they go to the website once or whatever, and right. you know, maybe they go back and check it again. Or right. whatever the case would be, but if if they're already have like a paid membership for that year, mm-hmm. you know, you would hope that something would come up in that year that would show that U.S. Arc is 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 worth its. Yeah. Is so worth, so Owen mentioned it? something that was kind of in in mm. parallel to something that I, a lot of people when, when this all ha- when, you know when when big legislation comes down, people are like, yeah, we we need to to force people to become U.S. Arc. You know, only mm-hmm. sell the U.S. Arc members only. Stop that shit. No, you that's can't stupid. Force, no, it's, it's, it is. It's it's going to hurt us. But it's. I think Eric has an interesting idea, but I I, I think that that only captures the people say, that are buying to, it. The people mm-hmm. that are buying. If Not we the, could talk yeah. to the promoters, you know, but see, you now here's the problem. You you need a lot of the vendors at each show yes, to stand dude. up. And, and I don't think the promoters would be against it. I just don't think they're, it's in their mind. And, and I, I've, I know promoters. I've promoted a couple little things here. It's, One it's more extremely, thing for them to do. Yeah. It, exactly. It's an extremely difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Promot- mm-hmm. Promotion yeah. is, is you know much respect for uh, Mickey Meyer and all them to do it. But if – and Mickey does a lot of great shit. It's for, he's, he's already ahead of the, the, the eight ball on this. But if we could get the other shows that don't, you know, aren't Mickey, that aren't as involved as he is, you know, if we could get every show, especially your local show or semi-local show where you you do have, it's not your Tinley Park, right? Mm -hmm. If you can get the promoter on board, and I don't think they'd be against it, just simply handing out a flyer or, you know, just a little thing to each person that buys a ticket, it's not out of their pocket. Right. right. US Arc is, is you're just simply printing these fucking things out. But the vendors have to come together and do that. Now you're hitting a hundred percent of the people that walk in the door. You're hitting a hundred percent of the people that come through that are potential pet owners. Right. Or maybe they're not buying anything, but they love reptiles, their kid loves reptile, they're not ready to buy one. But hey, now they're aware. Right. Yeah. Now they're part of the yeah. conversation. Maybe they check out the website. Hey, you know what? Most of them probably do nothing, mm-hmm. but if one percent of them do something, and USR gets a little more numbers on behind it, now right. the politicians take it a little more seriously, right? Yeah. But this is just one step in in the whole process. Unfortunately, like I said, USR mm-hmm. the, the money is important, and they need the money to do the battles. And and I know there's some people that think they don't. I, I'm telling you that they do. Uh, it's it's but it's a tough thing. There's because people that think they state. don't need money. 
No, there's people there's that there think people they that don't, don't do, do don't do shit. Yeah, yeah there's people oh, that think that you. their money's poorly spent on that, and and they're you. probably. I think I I understand there was a time with that. that yeah. I'll tell you what, just the fact that they're able to email me and tell me that this county in my state mm. is has proposed this law. It's just that is is something that that's takes impressive. Money. It takes money. It, it, it takes, takes money. Effort, it takes yeah. work. It it's takes time. Easy. Yep. Yeah. You know, you're, you're yeah, you got to right. have somebody doing it full time. You know? Right. You have to. You have to. Have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to. I mean, it's it's if anyone who's been involved with reptiles, who has been involved with searching the laws of their state or the or actually not the laws of their state, but the proposed legislation of their state. I don't know how your guys states are. <laughs> the ordinance a lot. Dude, Eric <laughs> and I are Pennsylvania. We're a wild west. You know, <laughs> New, I can do so whatever I want. New York's not to find. So I've, I've dealt with uh, some legislation in the last few years. Um, if I did not have the link that was sent to me by us Ark to find mm-hmm. fucking nightmare, I would never right. know. Uh, uh, for instance, I've put in, so, so, when at least in New York, um, at the state level, usually you can put in your email and have them e- email me, please, when there's an update on this legislation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even at that, they're fucking terrible at it because I don't get very many emails uh, that yeah. I should be getting. I have to keep checking, right? So US Arc, for I don't know how they do it, but somehow they know, or you know, they're paying attention and they see what's going on. They give you the update. Mm-hmm. That the state should be emailing me about, but US Art is doing it. So that's and it's beneficial. And to and to give you an idea of how um how much effort that actually takes, when we were talking about um the bureaucracy and and how down in Florida they have, have made it so that um now you can just add stuff to the yep. list, all right, without mm-hmm. any oversight. Um I just had a, I'm, we're looking at, we're adding a tattoo artist to our staff at the shop. All mm-hmm. right. Um, and when I called the health department to add them on, um, the, uh, the official from the health department said, oh yeah, you know what, we're going to, we're getting ready to send you a memo of the updated body art code for New Jersey. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <clears throat> I didn't even know that was, that was going on. They're like, um, so this is the county health department. They said, oh, yeah, it was passed back in June. We found out about it last week. You found right? out about it. <laughs> so the health department found the health out department about it found out in about December. It. Huh. it was passed in June. June. And yeah. I wouldn't have heard anything unless I contacted the health department. Hey, you'd so, have gotten a memo. I mean, or a when, ticket. <laughs> when we were inspected, we were inspected based off of codes that are not updated. Which Great. <laughs> right. All right. But that's that's how government generally works. And, you know, if, if you don't have an organization like U.S. Arc that is on top of it mm. and 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 paying attention to what's going on and what's being proposed and what's being pushed through, we're not going to know anything. All right. Because yeah. the state's not going to inform us. No. Um, you know, I've, I've you know, in, in, in the state of New Jersey, if I'm going to breed anything to sell. I have to have a state uh, uh, pet store license. All right. I so. just found out. I just found out from my friend uh, Brittany that uh, Florida. I was always under the assumption that like the, 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 that list is that list, but I, I just found out from my friend Brittany that no matter what you breed, if you mm-hmm. breed, you need the X Y Z license. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yep, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's yep. fucking annoying. Yeah, 
Yeah. Technically, uh, in Pennsylvania, you're supposed to have a uh, propagation license for reptiles. Yep. Uh, if you sell uh, at shows, breeding, if because uh, PA falls under a lot of the uh, puppy mill rules. Yep. So if you have a certain number of breeding animals, you have to have a propagation license. Uh, yeah. If you also have a certain number of animals of the same species in your house, you have to have a propagation license. And then I bought the uh, aquaculture dealer's license, which is for importation and exportation of animals throughout the state. Um, mm-hmm. The state has told me I don't need it, but I'd rather give them the twenty dollars and have it. So, um, but that's <laughs> those, just me. But I guarantee you, half the people that are mm-hmm. breeding and vending at Hamburg and other places yeah. don't fucking have this. So yeah. Like, I, for, I just, those, I just go got ahead, mine. I just got mine. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, like Pennsylvania, dealing with the Department of Agriculture in Pennsylvania. It was it was great. It was easy. It was so easy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, I was up a shocked list of all it the was... animals I have, and they're like black rat snakes. I'm like, well, they're white sided. They're like, good enough. Check stamp yep. done. Bye. Jeez. I'm like, oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same for deal. those for those listening from the fuck them. If it's illegal, keep what you want. Just don't tell them. Camp. That is you're, stupid. That is listen a dumb to camp to be in. You're the fucking problem. <laughs> Unless you can truly keep your shit dark matter and off the fucking web, but you none can't. of you can. You can't. Because listen, <laughs> you I, can't. You back won't. in the day in New York, I have a history, not going to go into it, legally speaking. Back then, people that did that, mostly, you, you didn't go online and do it. You people can, now can't do it. Because here's the thing. So in New York, there's a pretty restrictive list. And every time you see in a New York Facebook group, someone posts a retic they're not supposed to have, et cetera. There's always that person that goes, if, you know, what they don't know can't hurt them, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, listen, you're part of the problem because this person's posting it already. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. you're becoming a negative, a negative picture of the hobby because you're keeping it illegally. If you're going to do it, don't fucking say a word. Don't post that shit on fucking line. Do nothing fucking. Don't tell your neighbor. Don't fucking tell don't nobody. Don't do illegal shit. This is the I end. Like, but no, hey, here, hey, so right. a couple I don't give Oaks, a shit. A couple Oaks shows ago, somebody brought a fucking wolf on a goddamn harness to the Oaks Expo Center from New Jersey. A fucking wolf. Why you feel the need to have said wolf, one, don't idea. Why you feel the need to bring the fucking thing into public? I don't understand. So these are the people we're dealing with. Some people can't help themselves. Of course the asshole that has an alligator has a video of his kids swimming with it on Facebook. Like, of course that's what happens. From, from From a community hobby image standpoint, how do we address it when it does pop up? You do can. we address? Do we? Hey, do we address it privately? Do we put them on blast? Because no, when you, you, you don't put them on blast, when you put them on blast, it's a shit show. It's a right, mess. exactly. It's a shit show um, either way because you can try to approach them privately and they're going to be like, "Fuck you! I do what I want correct. with my animals." Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think there's the sad. The sad reality is, I don't think there's anything that you can do because it's just like any other big political issue. When do you that, report them. 
I'm not do a you, rat. Do you do you go that way where it's like I know what you're doing is illegal, and I know what you're doing could hamper what I'm legally doing? Do you have a obligation to report said people? Ooh, that's a oh tough boy, one. that's a tough one, bro. Hi, I'm Owen, and yeah. I like to I like to stir the pot. You know what? No, 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 no. That's a fucking question that needs to be it, had. It is. It is way realist to be looked at. Because let's put it this way: if you were if you were in Australia and you found out your neighbor next door had a bunch of Cali King snakes, you turn that fucker in. Why? Because it's illegal. So what is? Uh, I don't think they would turn them in. <laughs> All right, this is this is where I get biblical. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. This is, this is we knew it was going to happen. Right. Stop this it. Is, so, so this is this is how I handle um, situations like that, um, and especially especially with with people that you know. All right, mm, um, that's a tough I, one. I I see I see my brother acting a certain way, yeah. Um, that I know is not biblical. That I know is harmful to him and to his family. Um, let's say he's he's cheating on his wife. Let's mm. we'll, we'll take that. All right, and I know about it. I go directly to him and I say, Hey, listen, this is not all right. All right. I know about this. You have two choices. You can, you can correct it and Mm. come clean or I need to tell her. Right. Um, And, and I think, I think when we see, when we see other people and we all, we, we we all know them and we've all seen them where you go to their house and you look in their snake room and it's like, Ah, this is how you're keeping them. Yeah. Um, where where you say, hey, listen, uh, if Fish and Game shows up at your house and sees you keeping these animals in this way, uh, or he sees you with that animal, with, with that, that animal, thing. yeah, it's gonna get confiscated. Right. It's gonna make news, yeah. and it's gonna affect everybody. You right. need to take care of this, or I'm gonna have to do something about it. Right. I, I think what the most important thing people should take away from what Mike just said is, and I like that, Mike, I respect that. I think the problem is that's how we should handle it. But the problem that comes in, I know how you'll handle it, Mike. I know how, you, if I was doing something, I know how you come at me, you know, you talk to me respectfully. I think the problem is that there's so many people out here that are going to, that are going to approach. The problem is it happens in a Facebook thread right yeah it becomes very disrespectful very but you have to learn how to approach people with with humility respect and everything else and and just have a a more down-to-earth conversation with them and you have to accept when they may not accept what you're saying don't don't escalate it into a huge blowout thing Mm-hmm. But I think you, I think that's one of the things the hobby has done poorly is how do we approach that situation with that person we know is doing wrong? I think but we need. Here's the thing: out of the four of us here, if one of us came to the other and said, "You're doing this wrong, or you shouldn't be having this animal, or this is a stupid ass idea," then mm-hmm. that gives us enough of a chance to realize what's going on and to correct. But none of us are doing anything illegal. None of us have an animal that you're not supposed to fucking have. So yeah, but we also also respect each other's opinion. Right, but, but have are you saying yes. that this yes, person that's who's right. already but are you saying this person who's already made the conscious decision to break the law 
is going to respect what um, you say, not knowing work, who the hell you are. It depends. I work with a if, lot of. Go ahead. Yep. It, it, it depends. If if this is a friend, all right. Right. If, if this is if this is somebody that you know, and we all know people like this, all right. right. So if yeah. it's somebody right. that you already know, they may not have taken into account. Hey, <clears throat> hey, this is this is somebody that has more animals than I do. Um, this can impact not only me, but it can impact him. It can impact the hobby. They may not have taken that into account. Right. So, okay, if I get caught, I get in trouble. They may not have taken. And if, and if, you know, if you, if you do it the right, not, it's not going to happen all the time. Right. But I think the problem the is that thing, that's 50, you're 50, 50 at that point. If it's a friend of having a good conversation, the pro, I think the bigger problem is the one who isn't the friend or isn't the acquaintance. I think that's the real, right. let's, let's start with the friends <laughs> yeah. because just Fair like enough. you said, if 1% mm. of show attendees that are just there as yeah. a potential pet owner, if mm. 1%, you know, does something, that's a lot of people. Every single person listening right now knows that one person that's doing it wrong. Mm. Right. Every person think- listening right now knows somebody that's doing it wrong that can possibly be swayed. Yeah. Right. I think, I think, I think it's I think it's all in the approach because yes. um, this is sort of what I was getting at at the beginning with you, Mike. It's like you have this like sort of Zen Buddha type of approach when you're I, I mean that in like I got Jesus, most, brother. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you rub his head for good luck and well, when you're herping. What I'm saying Wait, is if Mike has Zen like, Buddha, what the fuck does that mean for me? Rage, rage, don't and liquor. Answer that. Don't yeah. answer that. Don't answer that. Keep going, fellas. I love you. But, but like you're, you're. I mean, I I know you, so I know that my my decision is my my uh, ideas of this is kind of biased. But I, I wouldn't take you as being negative, right? So I think that's where you have to start from, right? It's like yeah. you're approaching this situation as trying to help somebody rather than to hurt somebody. Yeah. And I think I think what happens a lot of times with those conversations is that egos get involved. Mm-hmm. And you believe that you're right and they're wrong, and that's when it escalates. And and I think sometimes that what what happens is what I see with people is that they listen to respond. Mm-hmm. They're not yeah. listening to understand, right? So Boom. they're they're not they're not taking in what you're saying. They're just trying to f- listen to these little things that you're saying, formulate their defense to what you're saying, right? And I think that's the reptile hobby in a, in a nutshell, right? It's, well, the reptile like, hobby in a nutshell is exactly like the rest of the country is. Sure. Yeah. Politically speaking, we are tribalized. Sure. Mm-hmm. We have all this yep. fucking, and it sucks for us because, right? So, like, I think about the gun issue, and, and the reason gun owners are so well protected, and I'm pro gun, I'm also pro common sense laws and, and so sort of, the reason they're so well protected is because they have the NRA and they have a huge base, right? Mm-hmm. As reptile owners, unfortunately, right now, as we can see by the numbers, our base to fight legally is ten thousand people, mm-hmm. right? It's and not so, a lot of people. and 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 I, I've had friends in Florida, and, and I I saw on the thread um, that I posted, and and some of the comments was that, and the conversation is always focused around. How do we get more people involved? And I think I think the problem is that people don't realize is that we have we've exhausted our our base, right? 
mm-hmm. the people that listen to us are mostly breeders and really super serious mm-hmm. hobbyists. Yep. yep. There's 4.4 million, whatever other keepers. Part of the thing is how do we get a percentage of that over to help us? Right. How do we better our, our, uh, uh, public opinion because what people don't realize is that public perception is fucking king in all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. just how we keep our animals. It's how we treat the public. It's how we treat each other. It's how we present ourselves. But we have to do that as a community. And it, and that comes back to the discussion we're having here of how do we have that conversation with that one person that's not doing it because we're never going to correct everybody. There's always yeah. going to be that one fucking outlier. <clears throat> At work, I've become known as the snake guy, and I give you a perfect. Oh, example. stop it! We all have. Listen, every unless you work in a snake no, no, no. shop, you're the snake <laughs> guy. Okay? Not Come snake. on, <laughs> Jesus, for I'm real. Not it that way. This is what I'm saying it as, right? So, like, when somebody that doesn't know anything about snakes is going to come to us, when you're known as that, right? Of course, I can hear myself in the past say this type of thing. Oh, that poisonous snake. It's not poisonous. It's venomous. venomous. Get it right. That's that's mm-hmm. that's like they don't know what they don't. You oh. know what I mean? Like, like wh- it's easier just to be like, what? yes. Well, it's I'm, not you know, only that, but like you know, tr- try to go at it as like, okay, you know, oh yes, you know, they inject venom into you when they would bite. You know, there has to be a different way yeah, to say yeah. that same thing without. Right. Dude, I'm so glad you brought this up, Eric, because I, I, I imagine – I don't know how active you guys are in um, – you guys aren't far in Pennsylvania. Mike's in New Jersey, and I've heard with Mike, so I know what he has there. Mm-hmm. So here here in New York, it, it's interesting. So here in New York, we have copperheads. We have timber rattlesnakes yep, um, yep. in my part. Where there's other rattlesnakes. but So I'm in a lot of uh, hiking groups. Mm-hmm. I've, I've also been added to a lot of um, – community groups within the ranges of rattlesnakes because I, people in those communities that know me that are snake friendly mm-hmm. they've right. added me to help with identification etc so i fucking battle that constantly constantly mm-hmm. so a weird thing has happened in the last mm, call it three years that <laughs> It's not just me that's that notices the poison versus venomous. And this is a good thing to bring up because it's right. fucking stupid to argue. It's a fucking mm-hmm. stupid thing to argue with the public. The public doesn't mm-hmm. fucking care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The public doesn't fucking care. The problem is, is that the public that has learned this is now arguing it with the other public. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of making us look bad. Uh, I'm seeing people that are not snake people like, no, it's not venomous or it's not poisonous. It's venomous. And I remember uh, some years ago, I forget who it was, had posted this long thing about that whole debate. Mm-hmm. You know, look, honestly, it's it's fifty percent semantics at this point because like right. you, there's an argument to be made that venom is still a poison. Right. Uh, so there's an argument to be made there. But here's the thing, and and this comes into when I talk about public perception, the public doesn't fucking care. Right. When and and as you guys know, I I know Mike gets in political conversations. I've stay away from them mostly anymore, but like when you get into a conversation with someone who does not see eye to eye with you and you 
tell them, even if it's something like this, we're, we're fucking educated to fuck on when all it looks like to them is either a know-it-all or someone just trying to yeah. correct them. And right, humans hate right. that human nature is our biggest fucking adversary right. with politics and mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. So when you get into it, and this is what I meant before with the, the general public perception, I get involved a lot locally with the mm-hmm. hiking community and the general communities when they want identification of a copperhead or rattlesnake or this or that, because you get 75 comments of people that are not you, me, you, you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You get all these comments, you give your, to- but then you see the arguments start of oh, venomous versus poisonous. Here's the thing that we need to take away from this conversation tonight with us. How you, as the representative of this hobby, as a, as a snake, I'm not going to say expert, but someone educated on these animals, right. how you approach that person matters. Mm-hmm. If you immediately right. call them a fucking idiot, you don't, you're not smart, you don't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. they're immediately done, right? Yeah. The problem is, in that in that realm it doesn't it may not affect us as much in the hobby but the problem is how you treat that person is how you're going to treat the same person when a conversation comes up about that that affects the hobby right you're going to treat the the general public when they're when they're commenting on videos of snake keepers or this that or other thing how you treat the person locally to you that got that question wrong Mm -hmm. you're going to treat those other people wrong how I usually approach it is I usually just very respectfully say, Hey, you know, it's, 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 it's actually this, it's that conversation. It's not that big of a deal. Some people make it a fucking huge deal. Like you have to get this right. Like it doesn't matter. The general public, the general voting public does not fucking care if it's a venomous. I, I only 90% of the time I don't even correct the general public anymore by comment. I very mm-hmm. maybe I'll make my own comment and say, "Hey, that's a copperhead. It's venomous. This is why it's not poisonous." Yes. Right. If you, if you start going comment to comment, correcting every person, those uh, at least half, if not the mass majority of them, are going to look at you as just the guy correcting them. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be insulted. It, it, it doesn't matter. They they and, they were asking the question from is it poisonous like they they knew what they were asking correct they were asking yeah. if it is yeah. this Boom. thing so am i really gonna split the hair um no i'm just gonna be like no correct or, yes the, the way the way that i the way that i'll zen respond <laughs> is, <laughs> um so you know sometimes i'll just replace the word you know kind of like scott like yeah. same um, yeah. so so yeah. hey is is this snake poisonous Oh no, it's not it's venomous. Not it's venomous. harmless. Um, yep. Or um, oh, do you have any poisonous snakes? No, Jersey doesn't allow us to keep venomous, so I don't. I don't have any. Um, Boom, and, and, and that's yes. it. And that's it. And it's and maybe simple. maybe it'll it'll click. And and there and, and they just learned something. Yep, you win some, you being, lose some. Yep. Without being corrected, and and Eric, to your point, where most people listen to respond, if if I'm not confronting them. And making them mm. feel less intelligent. Uh, yes. Well, then if if they can learn something, and then just kind of like, oh, let me, I, I learned this. So um, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot easier, and and more harmonious for everyone. There's so much fucking nuance to all this. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. it's not necessarily hard nuance. If you and there's 
I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. If you could just understand the nuance and when you are presented with the situations that we're kind of talking mm-hmm. about, whether it's in your local community, something silly like venomous versus poisonous, or whether it's a viral video of a large retic with a kid, if you could just take a, a moment and just kind of step back and just temper your response to be a little more understanding, a little less condescending. We're all guilty of it. I'm kind of, mm-hmm. and actually even more so within Facebook groups with the people that are not as educated as us or is not as experienced as us, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm keeping my snake in aquarium. Then there's 75 people that should know better than to act like this because of the climate. But they all attack that person because they're keeping a fucking, uh, you know, a white lip in, in an aquarium, which is a terrible idea. But you know what? I'm going to say this. You could probably keep a white lip in an aquarium. Good luck. It's going to be a lot of work and you're going to have to do a lot of shit and it's going to have to be done a certain way. Yeah. But yeah, good, you could probably do it. The way I battle that is just like Mike said, is is instead of necessarily correcting and actually honestly this is why i used to write so many blogs is because i tried the my blogs were the way of exactly like mike said here's my explanation of why Mm -hmm. xyz instead of this course yeah you know Mm -hmm. like now when people ask me oh how do i keep a jungle i just fucking link to my blog like here's here's my answer in long form Mm-hmm. Instead of us having this conversation, and then there's going to be 17 people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about telling you uh, wrong answers or at least right. misguided answers, right? right? <laughs> I'm not claiming to know everything uh, by far, but here's here's my written out what I've done and how I've been successful and what I've learned from the motherfuckers like you guys that have did, you know – uh, the Jason Balins, the Howards, the Knicks, the Justins, all of them. This is what I've learned from these guys and what has worked for me. Here it is in long form because I'm not going to have this fucking conversation in Facebook comments because it just Again. gets too cloudy. Right. And it right. gets Well, here's what I always try to promote. <laughs> I always try to promote what I would say is like, okay, if somebody's some, – let's say somebody's getting a carpet python from me and they're calling – they're from Texas. Or let's mm-hmm. say they're from California, right? Um, and they're like, okay, I want to keep this, you know, carbon python. How do I do it? Okay. Well, here I, I'm out on the East coast. I keep it this way. Mm-hmm. What I would recommend is start here as a base and then see if there's anybody in your area, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, by the way, I know this guy, his name's Riley. He lives in California, hit him up. And and pick his brain a little bit if you see something's going astray because right. he's in your same type of climate. And not only does that promote, you know, better keeping for the animal, but now it also starts to bring the people in those communities together, right? Mm-hmm. So now I, I think you're more likely to be close. I, I would say, right, us here in the Northeast, the Northeast Carpet Fest, we're much tighter, all of us, even though we might need to see each other for once a year or whatever, or maybe twice a year or at a show or whatever the case would be. Um, we're still, you know, that we still have that bond, you know what right. I mean? Because yeah, yeah. we're sort of in that, we're in the same spot, you know what I mean? It, it, mm. it, to your point, I guess it's like a tribal thing, right? To a certain extent, right? It's like, oh, well, we're the carpet python keepers of the Northeast. Not that we're trying to compete with anybody or well, anything, but you're going to give me a too, much, you know, you yeah, spend, it, you well, spend hang time, out, you break you bread Start talking together. about other things, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Besides... <laughs> Snakes well, and, and it's and just you... one of those things where we would go without talking for a while, but then, like, 
if, if Scott were to send me a message, you'd be like, oh, cool. What's up? Like, it would just yeah. be like, just like that. Because when Correct. you have a community to get knit in, it also helps with to stave off things like getting burned out or if you're stressing out or if you're having a problem or you're having a question or you want to convey what crazy bullshit is going on in your snake room, but you don't want to shout it from the rooftops on a Facebook yeah. post. It, it helps with that. I mean, think about it, right? If we have bad seasons, typically people in the specific area usually have the same bad seat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it seems yeah. like, you know, West coast has a good season. East coast has a bad season. You know, I can't tell you how many times me and Owen have, he'll tell me, oh, yeah, I was talking to Balin and he was saying that he was having some shitty success this year too. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now I don't feel so bad. Maybe this is why it's just something that's going on that it's in the cosmic octopus that we don't even understand how it's affecting our reptile rooms. We're just thinking, oh, it's just heat, light, or humidity or whatever, or food cycling or whatever, when it's way bigger than that. We can't even mm-hmm. we can't even wrap our brains around how nature works and when we're trying to recreate it in a box in a room. You know what I mean? It's just it's not luckily to the point of what we were saying earlier about carpet pythons, they're very adaptable to those parameters, right? You know what I mean? So like you can, you can hit three of them. You could probably hit two of them and, and be okay. You know, whereas with white lips, you're going to have to hit 10. You're going to have to hit all 10. I've told people with, with jungles, jungles for me is the one thing where I feel when, when I, when I actually am pairing animals, I feel so fucking confident that I am going to be success, yeah. successful and that I, I know the steps where I can observe the animal and I'm like, all right, A, B, C, D, right? And But for me, and I know for all of you because you have all tons of Excedra also, all of you, is that it's the other stuff that humbles mm-hmm. you and reminds you of why it's fucking – it's not so simple, right? We Carpets are very, sometimes spoil us. It's very – it's yeah, not hard. It, you have, have been punching me in the dick for four Dude. seasons now and my curtain's like, I don't know. I put them together and they just kind of bred. It's like, yeah, okay. Eh. Sorry. I know. It happens <laughs> with everything. Like I'm, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not like really sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's – that happens with everything. There's that one guy in the country that fucking lightning strikes or you know there's some guys that their room and their animals are just in sapotico and it works and right (laughs) carpets 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 are fucking easy bad man oh i hate it too believe me lucan's 10 fucking years i hate and love that man (laughs) no kidding but yeah i mean it's 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 this thing as breeders that we all go through and we all understand but like yeah it's uh it's yeah it's a fucking crazy thing yeah um, how do we uh how do we address the florida issue all right can i speak on florida can you uh, uh get no uh, sure can i have uh, not not speak on but i have I, i'd like to throw some things out there we should cut florida and, off from the rest of the country no no no, no. I, well i so i no i i just i think about florida a lot as a, a place we're gonna move as as um it's a big part of the hobby just with it, it's a great state to go to to look for snakes and, and herb mm-hmm. and and it's for us it's a big state we travel to my best my best friend gro- growing up lives there so we usually we go down we'll scuba dive for a couple of days in the keys go up and and uh he lives in boynton and and we'll visit the everglades but i have i've i've spent the last few years going there which is mm-hmm. weird because so <laughs> Val fucking hated Florida in the beginning. 
Like okay. she, hate, she used to hate Florida. Like we went there. It's an easy place to travel to. COVID especially has made it the cheapest and the easiest place to travel to, right? Mm-hmm. But Val used to hate Florida, but now it's become one of the higher spots for us where we're looking to move in a couple of years. But like, I, I was just hoping I could go on a little a little spiel here about Florida, yeah, do it, man. about my perspectives. Hold on. Okay, yep. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so Florida is a crazy place, and I, and I think it's it's a uh, it's 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 its own th- conversation with its mm-hmm. issues, but it's also, it also has its connections to the hobby. Yeah. Sort of. Um, Florida is unique in that. I, I would say it's, it's the only state that has the habitat that it has. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, very Caribbean, like very super, mm-hmm. very good for reptiles. Um, obviously. And then we have all these issues going on with uh, the berms and invasive uh, reptiles. So re- recently, uh, th- this that boa was found, right? Right. And mm-hmm. I, I saw an uh, giant, s- well-fed snow boa. So here's yeah. the thing with that. <laughs> I'd like to comment on that is that my my perspective on that shifted as I read other people's perspectives. Okay. So the 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 two the couple that found it. Mm-hmm. I've never taken them to be super showboaty on social media. They do videos and stuff in Costa Rica and all that and, and, and herping down there. Mm-hmm. Right. So a friend of mine, I have multiple friends that know them, but a friend of mine shared the art. That article went, it went around. Of course it did. Yeah. A friend of mine shared it, tagged them in it. And the comments in Megan's post, there was people that the, the first thing that, I found astonishing was that people are like, it's a plant from fish and wildlife. This doesn't happen. I'm like, listen, it bullshit. Happens. This yeah. happens. Like there's, oh, yeah. I have so many friends that herp down there and things that they find. I'm like, we yeah. need to have a, uh, my mother-in-law found a, a leopard tortoise. Dude, everything. Walking. Oh yeah. Everything uh-huh. under the sun, everything. I mean, there's a population of chameleons and probably the next Lowe's. thing. So yeah. the next thing, so if you go past that and you say, all right, that's bullshit. Like it's not a plant. Those two are not planting an animal for fucking mm-hmm. fame, right? So the next thing I saw was a lot of people were like sharing this is off over the hobby. It's it's bad for the hobby, right? And I'm like, ah, that's fucking that's true. It's it's shit. This is going viral, and I'll be yeah. honest with you. So so to keep the whole thing of Florida, everyone bitches about the YouTubers down there, right? Tyler, mm-hmm. all them, and don't get me wrong, most of them are fucking trash, and they don't they don't pay this up. They're they're trash, but they are not the thing that's causing the laws to come. You know, right. it, it helps animal rights with a little bit, right? Yeah. the The worst thing in Florida right now is something like this is an escape pet, right? right. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, these people are posing for it, and you know it's bad for the hobby. And then I read the reply from uh, I forget which one of the cup, the young couple it was, and, and Crutchfield also got involved. And uh, I know a lot of people don't like Crutchfield. I, mm-hmm. I met Crutchfield. I was at the farm. Um, I, I have my own opinions on that. And, and um, <clears throat> is it, you know, 
why are you blaming them? And they even said, look, we're not fucking hurt. We're just herpers. We photographed, we do photography. Mm. We're herpers. We're not hardcore in the hobby. Mm. We have a venomous permit. We keep venomous, but we're not like super hardcore. Why are you blaming us? And you're yeah. not blaming the person that let the animal lost, go. L- lost, the, cool. lost the boa. Yeah. Right. Oh. And, I, and, and, and so, yep. so interesting. At <clears throat> first, my perspective was with the people was like, ah, this is bad for the hobby. Like I wouldn't go around posting this, but then they said that. And I'm like, you're fucking right. Like they're herpers. Right. Like if I, you guys know me, if I saw a fucking Burmese in the Everglades, guess what I'm going to do? Dude, if I found a diamond python running around in like my backyard, I'd have pictures it. of it all over the place. 100%. Right. So I said, you know what? They're fucking right. Like we need yeah. to blame the person that released it. So to go deeper dive into Florida here, and I, I'm going to try to keep this short-winded, is that so we, we go down to the Everglades almost every trip. Like Val, Val's funny. She, if we go down South Florida, she's like, when are we going to the Glades? And, <laughs> and it's tough because you <laughs> like we've been down there in the worst weather possible, cold weather. Like we've gone up and down. So it, for those that don't know, ever, the Everglades, when you hear about herping the Glades – it's mostly one main road, mm-hmm. right? It goes from the entrance to Flamingo. Flamingo is where you see all the pictures of the American Crocs, right? It's basically one main road. It's about, I want to say it's 40 miles, 40-something miles. You're not flying through it usually. Mm-hmm. So it's it's to go up and down the whole thing. It takes time to herp it. I usually herp half of it. I'm not going to tell everyone the secrets that my friends have told me. But anyway. Gotcha. I, I've herping the glades has really shaped my view on human impact on nature. And I'll tell you why is because we've herped the glades when it's very busy. There's tons of fucking boats. Uh, so at the end of, of the glades in Flamingo, there's a marina, mm. a lot of fishing boats or, you know, like personal, like bass boats or smaller boats. A lot of guys go down there. You're there on some nights where there's boats, Truck, trucks and boats going down up and back, right? They're going to fish or they're coming back. Some nights there's not much traffic. So, and when I say traffic, I mean, it's a relative. It's not traffic like we know in a city or in the suburbs. It's traffic, mm-hmm. you know, some cars, right? It's a national park. It's at night. <laughs> there's some campgrounds. There's also campers that go in and out and cars, just random mm-hmm. cars. And then herpers like us. I mean, I've run into... Uh, um, the herp, the, the reptile curator of uh, uh, the St. Louis zoo. One night I ran into, and he <laughs> saw, he saw my tattoos and he said, did you write a blog on Costa Rica herping? I was like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding. As, as we found an Eastern diamondback, cool, really cool. Wow. Great guy. Justin, Justin's a good, good dude. And, and, and those, that was funny as hell. <laughs> my wife's like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so the thing I I've noticed is uh, even with minimal traffic is, is, I found even with minimal traffic, there's often, first off, roadkill snakes, common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Owls hit by cars. Yeah. Even when there's not traffic, like there's one car an hour, yet I still find road hit owls. So I, I had this concept of the footprint of humans in a conservation mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, even with an area like the Everglades where you would consider that one fucking main road, and there's offshoots here and there to different things, but not that many, but it's one main road. Um, Even in that, 
with minimal traffic, the amount of dead wildlife we find. Yeah. It's like, wow. Like that's, you can, you can just, your mind just goes to what, what in a week, what does that do in a month? What does that do? Right. Yeah. Now I know at least Eric, uh, I know you've been down to Florida. I think Owen's been down to Florida. I don't know the last time Mike's been to Florida, right? Oh, it's been years, man. When you're in Southeast Florida, especially now, the amount of construction, the amount of people mm-hmm. is astonishing. Okay. The problem with Florida is it's a very anti-conservation and anyone that wants to argue that fuck you, you're fucking wrong, but <laughs> we can have a debate because, and as you guys know, we're very into shark conservation. Now they just, they just allowed a, a, a shark call basically no. Uh, for no reason. Um, yeah, and I can go down the list of the things they do with gopher tortoises, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very anti-conservation. Okay. So I, to bring this all in to where this starts blending into the hobby and, mm-hmm. and the laws is this. And, and I was on the phone. I was on the, the conference call. Uh, I can't remember when I think it was, I think it was, it was during COVID. So maybe early COVID when they were doing one of the big pushes with the CITES or whatever. Mm-hmm. And whoever was on the phone call, remember the first, it was supposed to be random. It was, it was a public comment. Thing mm-hmm. supposed to be one hundred percent random. The first three callers are the head, you know, like it was like the head of FWC, and then the head of the NPR, and then the head of something else, uh, science mm-hmm. involved. Every single one anti animal yeah. ownership, yeah. etc. Yeah. yeah. The problem was that out of the next fifty callers, you had you had some people that were anti pet. Obviously, their mm-hmm. minds are made up. So, I, but I just want to focus on the people that were pro pet or pro ownership. The problem was you had uh, you had Phil Goss. He he got on right, and he and he mm-hmm. talks very elegantly. He talks facts. The problem at that point in Florida was that you had a lot of pet owners who talked emotion, like these are my babies. Don't take mm-hmm. them. Yep. yep. Here's the problem: right. politicians don't give a fuck. Nope, yeah, they no, they've gotten to that point. I mean, I mean, the real problem at that point was that shit was already decided. <clears throat> that shit was already mm-hmm. done. The public comment was bullshit anyway. The fact that it wasn't random, the fact that it was. So the problem in Florida is, right, the invasives are looked at as a conservation issue. Mm-hmm. All right. Pets, pets are uh, the amount of animals that have been released in the Everglades is, is embarrassing, right? So, yeah. We all want to claim oh, the YouTubers are making us look bad or this is looking bad. It's they don't make us look great. Right. But they're also not the ones who are causing this. It's the boa that gets released because in Florida, the pythons, which is we'll say pythons, they're basically the scapegoat for the rest of the other shit that's there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I have had friends tell me that the python problem is it we have to accept that the Python problem, it, it's a problem. It's real, right? Right. We fucked up. Everyone's like, but the feral cats, shut the fuck up because politicians don't care about that. They're not going to come for the cat or the dog. They're, like, they're yeah. not going to come for the cats. They're yeah. not. We. It doesn't matter what the fact is. The facts don't matter here, okay? So, right? So now you have this problem of we have all these release pets, all this. Florida has this issue of they they don't really give a fuck about conservation. They're destroying a lot of things. 
everywhere else that's not protected. I mean, they're developing everything they can or it's agriculture, right? So if you go mm-hmm. into the Everglades, it's, it's interesting because you drive in the Everglades, it's agriculture, agriculture, and then you hit the Everglades and then it's not agriculture, but coming into it, there's, there's a jail yeah. and there's agriculture. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, and this is, again, these are all my perspectives is what it is. It's just something I've come up with when I've been in Florida a lot recently. The problem is that Florida is using the Python problem, which the Python problem is extending to the pet reptile problem. Mm -hmm. They're using that as their scapegoat for all the other wildlife that's disappearing and their conservation problem. Right. I I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what I've seen. That's what I've come up with. And it's, it's, the problem is, is that it, that is, and, th- and this is why I said before is that other states are different. That is extremely fucking hard to get against because mm-hmm. in other states, it's a pet problem. It's a, it's a captive animal problem. Yeah. In Florida, these things survive in South Florida. Right. We fucked up. We've let a lot of things. And it's not just that one facility that let berms loose because you that doesn't explain the the everything millions else. everything yeah. else. It's let's call it what it is. They're not finding morph animals from a facility that was testing, right? Right. So Florida is using the snake problem as an easy scapegoat for their conservation problem that they really just don't give a fuck about anyway. Mm. But public opinion, based on the emotional response they get from news and, and all that. Right, pythons are the monster that they needed. Right, and that's low hanging fruit. And yeah, that's it's low hanging exactly. fruit. Now, now here is here's one thing that I've I don't know if you guys have considered this or not. Um, so as as we as we were talking earlier, or as I was I mentioned earlier, um, between the two different parties, you got there. Mm. All right, um, the Demo- Democrats they want to be the conservationists. All right. They want to be environmental, environmentally sound conservationists. Um, the Republicans want to be small government. All right. This, these, these are the faces that they put on for the public. Mm-hmm. Um, now, have any of you considered the fact that these new laws could lead to the release of these animals rather than get caught with them? Oh, 100%. I mean, oh, it doesn't oh, yeah. matter to them. Right. It doesn't matter. So, so, well, that, and that's, and that's the thing that, um, so that, that needs to be addressed. It needs to be, um, we need to be, we need to be talking about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and, uh, as far as, as far as the other conservation problem, we need to keep the pressure on with that, uh, because you've got a small government governor who I like, for a lot of reasons, um, but he's <clears throat> he's got uh, the FWC, and they're making money mm. with construction companies. All right, um, and they're they're doing very little for conservation except pushing these laws and saying, "Look what we did," mm-hmm. and which is making the problem worse. And, and, and the, I mean, and 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 the question is, how do we how do we address it? How right. Do we, how what do we? I mean, we're small. What do we What do we do? Um, yeah. 
I think the no. problem is Florida has been fighting this battle for a while. The other, uh, and you know, for years. I mean, the problem like, is they like, don't have the numbers your, showing up. Uh, uh, iguanas. I mean, uh, many of these species came on trade ships, right? You know, right. Um, before the pet industry, right? And that that's just a reality. It now it doesn't negate our obligation in this hobby to. Hey, if we're if we're the face of the hobby, if we are the reptile lovers, mm-hmm. um, we should be the ones leading the charge. To address- should have been. We, yeah, you're right. We yeah. should have been. You're, you're right. We I thought the been. same thing, Mike. You're, yep. you're dead on. Is that we? We and the sad thing is, we could have been the ones that to help them. But here's so here's the thing is that if you listened to the last time FWC did public comment on a phone with uh, a conference, the science they use is bullshit anyway. Mm. So what the and and this is kind of the reason and this is kind of what I was talking about in my post and and the, the reason for this deep dive is that people don't understand that. We can sit here and discuss the reality and the facts and what should. Mm-hmm. The fact is we're dealing with government. The fact is we're dealing with government that doesn't give a fuck and that they have accepted the the wrong science that we all know is bullshit. Mm-hmm. So do we throw yeah. our hands up or what do we do? I, I mean, what do we do? do? I think is- I think you can never throw your hands up as hard as it is. I mean, believe me, there's times where I'm like, I just give, I don't give a fuck. I'm sitting there watching the, the hobby on fire. I'm just going to keep, yeah. you can't throw your hands up, but I think we need to have, and, and, and actually Mike, that's a good point. I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation with gentlemen like yourselves with a hope that this conversation that we're having reaches broader and that people understand a deeper understanding of the real issues because most of the time it's the it's talking it's the, points. It's yeah. the talking points that just get reiterated and reiterated, even by the best of the best that talk about US Arc and Florida and just keep beating that drum. Right. But there my my point, and this goes back to where this all began, was my post was that we are not deep diving this. So that 99, 99% of the hobby really understands the challenges, the, the, the issues at hand, mm-hmm. or that we're not owning the fact that, fuck, we did fuck, we, we generally, as a hobby, we are a part of the human footprint that is causing an issue in the Everglades. We, can, sure. we yeah. need to stop going, but feral cats, and go, you know what, berms are an issue. Chameleon, everything's an issue there. It's a problem. Here's how we fix it. The biggest thing against us right now that just – and you'll see it in a state is is uh, any kind of animal that gets out mm-hmm. is really negative. We saw it in the Carolinas with the cobra. Yeah, uh, That's a big negative. That's way more negative than fucking Tyler Nolan posting his videos that we know as keepers is like, eh, it's cringy. Brian Barschek, cringy. Yeah, I had a I had a I had a thought today. You're talking about thinking about different ways of thinking. Right. And there was some kind of clip where it was this guy and he was holding two green mambas. <laughs> Jesus. And um, my first initial reaction is, what the f- what is this idiot doing? And then to your point, Scott, I kind of looked at the comments 
And the normal people, the reptile people, are don't all see it. they don't care. All you fucking idiot. Why can you do yeah. this? Blah blah blah. Oh, blah, the blah. reptile people. Yes. Yeah, but the normal people were like, "Oh, I didn't realize that snakes did, were like you that they, they could they be that green like that." Yeah. Okay. The normal people don't see a difference <clears throat> between any kind of snake. They right. see right. You know what I'm snake. They're seeing the hands, snake. hands holding yep. this Correct. snake, and they're super chill, and they're like, "Oh, look, we're it's the not ones. just attacking you." Yep. Yeah. We're and the I'm ones that that get sick at seeing Ooh. those people own certain things <laughs> my mind just goes boo you know I'm like dead on wow yeah. holy the shit the general public doesn't give a fuck they don't see they they see a guy holding a snake and then their mind is either anti or pro or not pro but right that's <clears throat> it doesn't matter if it's a green mamba or a fucking ball python they see a snake it's a they snake. don't tie it back into the florida thing yep. the dilemma is how do you get those people to be responsible keepers to where they don't cause a problem? Because we know, we know holding a green mamba, two it's of a them bad in idea. your hand is a bad idea. <laughs> and you could get bit. It's going to get on the news. It's right. all of a sudden this big thing, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our reaction is to sort of say that's wrong. So we're policing the hobby, but is it where we're policing the hobby? Is it, how we're saying it. Like, how do you bridge those two worlds? Like, how so, do you, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I, I always see people talk about policing the hobby. I've talked about it. Um, but then you have to be a realist and I, yeah. and I try to be a realist as much as I can with certain things. And it's like, man, can you really, I, I've seen the conversation with some of the, the worst offenders of free handling and they just don't get it. They just My, don't care. My my thing has always been this with free handling. Um, I don't give a fuck what you do in your own home. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you want to hold a, a cobra, I don't care. The moment, and this is where I think the conversation should go because it usually doesn't go this way. Mm-hmm. I know the moment these, yeah, the moment these free handlers post it online. Mm-hmm. Here's they all what's their what's their big excuse for why they do it? They want to show the snakes are not these evil things. And I get that. I feel that. But at the end of the day, the general public isn't seeing it, whether it's a ball python. You could do a ball python. The general public's going to see their opinion the same way. Right. You're only doing it for the ego. I would argue, too, that, like, you can't really make money as a reptile breeder. I don't mm. think anymore. Very few people do it. There's some people that do it and they, they you know, they're, they're successful and they've sort of, but there, there's not like unlimited space to come in and be a reptile breeder. So I think what the newer generation has capitalized on is the fact that you can be a, a reptile breeder and breed a couple things or and be have a, a reptile keeper and have a YouTube channel mm. or have an Instagram or, you know, where now that's generating money. Right. Right. I have a Patreon. I have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel, whatever the case would be that's Mm -hmm. generating, you know, revenues to where it's no longer about the breeding of the animal or the or the reptile hobby. As we look at the reptile hobby, it's now about how do I get them to tune into my it's the Steve Irwin effect. Right. I mean. We because all what you Steve. do, what you do, what you do and what I do, it's not sexy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the shock and awe. It's mm-hmm. it sucks. But it could because everyone says, why does so why does Brian get this many views? Why does uh, what's his uh, fucking dumbass Jay and his fucking animal abuse? And I don't give a fuck. 
Brian, yeah. I'll give us some sliding with some shit because I, I think he actually does care about the animals. Jay doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. I said it per- publicly. Fuck him. Um, but people say, why do they get so many views versus the really good YouTube channels that don't, that are really given just a little information, the list? And it's because it's for two reasons because Jay, Brian, um, and some of the others, they their views are in the hundreds of thousands to millions because they're not just pandering to us. Right. Yeah. It's not they're getting people. I've had more people at my job show me Jay's videos. hundred percent. Oh yeah. Correct. Yep. Right. Yep. So now so Jay's pandering to everybody. Brian's pandering to the pet owner plus animal lover, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is when you are trying to do legit shit for the ten thousand USR things it's not sexy it's not huge it doesn't go viral it's not shocking yeah. the thing is that it, we can we can all sit here and discuss it doesn't matter that's reality yeah that's just yeah. reality it like, sucks it's like mark o'shea versus Irwin, right yeah. o'shea yeah. is you know not to say that he didn't do the same thing as Irwin, but you know when we talked to him his big thing was about you know when if you went on this expedition and you didn't find it you didn't find it that's the reality of herpin but that doesn't make for good tv right correct you know what i mean (laughs) so you know Irwin, good tv good personality Mm -hmm. you know you know and he's sort of getting that you know conservation message out there so well you know what people when i i I had this thought recently and i I, i'm curious what you guys are People brought Irwin up recently. The problem is when we bring Steve up, we are not doing it's it's apple and oranges because Steve was not a he's not a fucking he's not a hobbyist he's not a pet guy he was a conservationist yeah yes. zoo guy absolutely yeah. that 100%. was his that was his fucking goal and right. I respect him for that because <clears throat> in my heart I'm a fucking conservationist because I've said in the hobby multiple times when certain laws have come about I'm like listen. My desire to keep something does not trump that animal's possibility of surviving in the wild at all. Right, right, right. So I, I, I think I've seen a lot of people like Steve. Steve was a conservationist. You yeah. cannot compare him to us. You can't. And you, and you can even say like his reason of doing that, he had to sort of do those type of things to sort of get people's attention to understand mm-hmm. that snakes are not bad. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. And and, and as in he retrospect, was doing that stuff, as he was doing that, I mean, there was always a message of this yeah. snake is just trying to protect himself. This snake right. or this this crocodile, I'm I'm jumping on top of this crocodile because this crocodile needs to be moved so it doesn't wind up dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that was that was his message. Um, Do you know it, why people hate Brian Barczyk so much? Because, I'm gonna throw, because he keeps a lot of his animals like crap. No, yes and no. But here's you do you know you're not wrong, Mike. And he <laughs> But do you know why I, I, you asked gray area. But, <laughs> gray area. Do you gray know, area. I, I'm always thinking devil's advocate and I realize something. I said, Do you know why so many people in the hobby that were serious keepers, the new keepers love them, and I understand why. I had this thought, and I'm curious what you guys think. I felt like a lot of people really turned on him because how disappointed they were that he had the opportunity to kind of go down that Steve Irwin road that we fucking needed, and he went too too far the ego way. 
And I think that too many serious keepers like ourselves are disappointed in him. That's why they fucking hated him. Yeah, because I, I was, remember I in was, their early reptile radio days that he was kind of like he, he was right when he started Snake Bites TV, and he was he was kind of like like I don't remember hearing bad things about him. I yeah. know that people said that bad things were happening, you know, way before that time. But like, mm. I think at least my perspective was that everybody was like, oh, he's he's the fucking man. Um, what was disappointing for me personally, <laughs> all right, um, was the conversation. It was one of the last times he was at, at White, White Plains. Plains. At, yeah. at event, mm-hmm. and White Plains together, and we had the conversation, and, and he told me, like, you know, the big, the big thing for him now is YouTube. That's where the money's at. It's not in the animals, right? Um, and... Uh, I don't know if I if I took it wrong, but it it came across to me as as the animals being secondary. And then, you know, you start seeing all this stuff trickling out with animals that were not being kept well. Hundred percent sick, sick animals. And it's like I'm like, is 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 this so has has he traded husbandry and um and 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 breeding for YouTube fame? Yes, uh, he did, and and and, mm. and that's and that's what uh, I, I don't I don't hate the guy. All right, no, I don't hate. Um, I, 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 don't, yeah. I, don't, no. I don't hate the guy. Um, I don't think. Uh, now I'm not sure about him, um, but I think, and and this, the big cat ban. All right, yeah. Does that does that apply to private zoos? Anything yes. that's not AZA. Anything that is not AZA. Yes. Okay. So because, if you are not AZA, you're done. I'm not sure if there's going to be a grandfather clause in with know. certain yeah, sure. things. Um, basically, right. the first thing automatically is no more breeding. There's right. no breeding right. at all. They don't. You need to be AZA accredited and have permission to breed cats. Now that's right. it. Um, so. Because you know a, a lot of these, a lot of these bigger, bigger guys. You know, mm-hmm. they've got they're they're classified as as quote-unquote zoos, as private it's, zoos. It's easier to become AZA accredited. Oh, I see where you're going, Mike. Depending um, on the animal. So right. there's a zoo near Eric and I called Reptiland. It's an all-reptile right. zoo. Right. And it's AZA accredited just, you know, and, and because there's a lot less steps for accreditation when you have animals like reptiles, which... So when- it's when kind you, of like the sliding scale, like we thought. <laughs> it's like the more intelligent your animal right, is perceived, right. the more stuff you have to do. So, so when when you when mm-hmm. you look at some of these some of these bigger guys that are mm-hmm. either accredited or have the potential of becoming accredited, um, they do not have the same interest in fighting some of this legislation that we do because they're going to be fine. Yes, right. They're they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to keep what they want to keep. Um, I would argue and, they're almost be better off, right? With less problem, of us. Yeah, yeah. Less, sure. less competition. Yeah. Yep, if you want absolutely. something, you have to come to that. I heard yep. recently that a certain someone that we're talking about right now said, fuck the hobby, basically. I that, I never heard them say that. I heard it from someone I trust said that. Um, but yeah, I, but I can think you, also. Can you I blame think, them, though? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and Eric, to your point, I think that we, because we didn't. We didn't slow down to think how we were treating that person and have a, a better conversation with that person years ago instead of making hate groups. Yeah. Um, now someone that has many millions of views is against us. 
And I think mm-hmm. that, and, and actually to bring that to another point that I had with, um, oh, I know we have a, a disdain for pet tubers and, but some of the pet tubers aren't that bad. And, you know, pet tubers could be a, a, I don't know. I don't pay, I don't watch YouTube of anybody, but I feel like some of the pet tubers could be a vital link to pet owners. They are, they are with bigger views, pet tubers and anybody who tries to dumb down all the information that you, that is attacks you when you join the herpticulture Mm -hmm. is only helping because all it does is bring, it's a gateway. It's something to bring somebody in to hold their hand and help them through their first couple of years of her culture. And then, yeah, they connect with the community and then we yep. build on top of it. So there's, Boom. I have nothing wrong with pet tubers. I have nothing wrong with people that try to walk people, how to do care and videos and all that stuff, more power to them. It's basically regurgitating all the crap that yep. half the people in her culture can't be bothered to do. So I would say why not? to your point, Alan, right. I mean, I guess we would be considered content creators in a way. Dude, my my nephew watches Snake Discovery way more than he ever talks to me about snakes. Like, I mean, and that's just the way it is. But I guess my thinking with this is like people will complain about that pet tubers are shit, but those same people aren't doing anything to help. They're not doing a blog. Nope. They're not doing a podcast. They're not making a video. Like, come on, man. Let's face it. You can pretty much pull this thing out of your pocket mm-hmm. and make a video mm-hmm. at any point and put it up on something. TikTok, yeah. YouTube, Instagram. I mean, you pick it and you if, can do if, it. If, if, if Emily, you think that they're doing if something Emily wrong, or any of those others do a video and explain the importance and explain the situation with USR, that reaches how many hundreds of thousands versus, you know, the rest of us. I don't do YouTube anymore, but the rest of us do YouTube. Pet tubers, for, overall, pet tubers seem to, in my opinion, from not being a big YouTube guy, I don't watch a ton, but the pet tubers seem to have way more viewers than the serious hobbyists who are more than just a pet tuber. And it's not right. to put them down, it's a different sector. Right. Yeah, it's a different but if, yeah. if, you know, if we get the pet tubers uh, in kind of a similar space of like here's why this is important we should talk about this a little more and try to get your your viewers uh engaged more on this my feeling has been like and i think maybe you guys are all kind of in the same spot as like clearly the other side is not opening arms to us Right. So if we really care about the animals and all that stuff that we say, and it really means what we think it means, shouldn't we be the one that extends the... We should be more inclusive to the people who are just doing this Extends the, the branch. Yeah. You know what Boom. I mean? Yeah. Like, we should yeah, be more absolutely. inclusive altogether. Yeah. And, because here's and the that's, thing. Oh, go ahead, Mike. That, ahead. And, that, and, that, and that's a difference. Like, So we we're just talking about Jay and Barcheck, all right? Um you know, there's a difference between what they do and what the pet tubers do. If yes. your goal is to entertain and educate, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's that's where it's at. And I think I think that is that's a huge a huge bridge between the serious hobbyist, the serious breeder, and the pet owner. That is a that is. You know, like you said, that that bridges that gap. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we, we absolutely have an obligation to reach out to, to some of the pet tubers that have all these viewers say, Hey, listen, this is, this is what's going on. Um, can, can we do something together? Uh, you know, can, can you do this to help get the message out? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, and I think of, uh, me, me and Mike, Mike, Mike is family in my mind and his family's you family. You too, man. <laughs> Me and Mike do not always necessarily see eye to eye on certain political things. We're usually close, but we don't see eye to eye. Let me tell you something. When me and Mike get together, it's not the things that we disagree on that we talk about. That's it. Right? We don't. It's it's how's your family? How's this? I would drop anything for Mike. I know he would do the same yeah. for me. Same with you guys, right? Yeah. I think we need to – and this, Maybe. honestly, as a – fuck you. As a, as, a, as a country, if we could find a way to do this better, you would see way better results with certain things. Find find the common ground. Common grounds, ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. So as a country, we're kind of fucked with that because there's so many things that are pushing against that. But in the hobby, if we could just find a way to find that common ground and kind of not focus so much on the, the things that we like don't agree on with the ways we keep or the ways of this – we need to find a common ground to be like, look, we, we all love these animals. We all just enjoy them, et cetera, et cetera. We need to find the common ground to get over the bullshit mm-hmm. and come together with the pet owners mm-hmm. because we need more numbers. That's the yeah. biggest thing right now. Yeah. And I think what we need to do is – I know we're getting kind of late here in, in this discussion – but I hope that a lot of people listen to this. I hope a lot of I hope everyone fucking shares this discussion because it's such a deep dive into so many gray areas of this and and so many uh, intricacies. But like I said, me and Mike don't always agree. But when I'm with Mike and his family and he's with me and Val, it's it's the it's just that's not what we focus on. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Or or I know that me and Mike or me and other my friends that are different political spectrums, different. We can have discussions right. about these things respectfully mm-hmm. and not hate each other at the end of the day. Be like, Oh, you know, I, I hear where you're coming from. My perspective is here. Your perspective is there. I don't quite come to your perspective yet, but you know, I understand it. Mm-hmm. We need to do that as a community and, and, and increase our numbers. Two yeah. guys, two guys, you know, right off the top of my head, um, Bruce Schillinglaw and Zach Baez, uh, we are politically, we agree on almost nothing, mm-hmm. right? But we share a love of these animals, all right? And setting the animals aside, we can have conversa- political conversations mm-hmm. and disagree 100%. And I have never left a conversation feeling attacked. Those conversations are, Hey, how do we, how do we find some common ground here? How do you Mm -hmm. hear what I'm saying? How do I, and both of them have changed my outlook and helped me to see things a little bit differently. And I know Mm -hmm. for a fact from what they've told me that I've, I've been able to do the same thing with them. And, and that's, you know, Chase and Max, they're at each other's throats constantly. All right. <laughs> and, I love those kids. And, and, and the one whirlwinds. The, the yeah. one the one thing that I'm 
that I'm always asking them in the middle of a conflict is, is what you're doing were your words kind? Were mm. they respectful? Were they gentle? Mm. All right. Or were they accusatory? Were they, you know, stirring up conflict? All right. Yeah. Like, ha- yeah. like you, you have, and, and, and I'm teaching them young. All right. But we as adults need to start asking us our, ourselves that same question. Hey, mm. How do, how is this person going to receive the way I speak to them? Um, mm, right, and, mm. and 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 that is how. And and one of the things that I that I put on my my list of things that we need to discuss is what we've been discussing, you know, for for half of this this podcast is unity in the hobby. All right, yeah, and we need we need to have some some unity, and it doesn't come through name calling and it doesn't come mm-hmm. through belittling um yeah. and 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 trying to tear other people down to elevate yourself like it, the it last does. the last so, blog i wrote was that we that i forget exactly the title but it was that the toxicity in the hobby had to end for us to save the hobby mm-hmm. yeah yeah Passive. i think it was a fantastic think, uh, everybody needs to read that blog everybody listening right now post that blog up when we're yeah. done um, Mike, if and, you if you send me the link, I'll put it in the, the show, show notes. notes. Um, yeah, I okay. can send you the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. The, you know, I think uh, so. A couple things come in my head while you guys were talking. Number one, right? I remember me and Owen had a conversation, probably like maybe halfway through the history of NPR, <laughs> and I told him I was like, Owen, I think we need to stop shitting on ball pythons because. I think we're doing it as a joke. <laughs> and we're not time, being perceived right? as a joke. Yeah, it's, it's not going however, well. Yeah. However, my my thought was is that if if I want somebody to like carpet pythons, the only way I can get them to do it is by shitting on this group of snakes because there's a bigger community. Right. And am I going to win that community over by shitting on them? <laughs> or, or am I going to say like, Hey guys, I know you think your ball python's cool, but check out this. Right. Well, it's like I mean? Gary Vaynerchuk said: it, there's two ways to build the biggest building in the city. You either build the biggest building, or you tear down all the other buildings so yours right. is the biggest. biggest. It's, it's and that's what that that mm-hmm. means is literally that you can tear yeah. down the other things so yours is the biggest, or you yeah. can just you know build the biggest. But I mean, in this term, we need to all come together and just become one big building and. Yep. Yeah. And then the other thing was you were talking about, you know, Zach Baez, right? And yeah. you know, that guy, um, again, I, I don't necessarily like I mean, we talk politics every once in a while, but it's not even about the politics. It's just about the idea that we're we're just from two different worlds. Mm-hmm. And now we found common ground with these snakes. And he's a big part of the inspiration of where I started going herping. And like you know, I, I mean, like I see his pictures, he sees mine and it's, it's, you know, and then what every couple of years when we have carpet fest, he shows up, he makes the best mojito chicken there is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he does. And he, he's yeah. just, he's a cool guy. We, we hang out, we talk, you know, and, and it's never about to your, to your guys point. It's never about what we disagree with. It's about what we agree with. However, well, because I will Zach's say the perfect that, example of he doesn't even really keep hardcore anymore. And he just got a couple oh, animals. Yeah. But 
we're not friends with, and, and that's the, the, and I've had this thought recently is the number one thing you can take away from this hobby besides the enjoyment of keeping animals is the relationships you build. If you're a serious yes. keeper, yeah. Zach doesn't 100%. have to keep, I fucking love Zach. He's a scuba yeah. diver. He's a traveler. Me and him connect on that motherfucker. I don't, if we don't see eye to eye on something, dude, I Who want cares? you to be happy. I want you to fucking travel and uh, I'm going to be jealous yeah. until I travel where you travel. I hope to one day scuba dive with him. Zach, I fucking love and I respect more than most people in my life, honestly, yeah, for yeah. the way he's lived his life. Sure. And, yeah, um, 100%. You know, and the thing of it, the, the, that that thing about like the the idea that like, you know, we we found common ground and, and you know, again, it, it, I, I'm in agreement with you, Scott, it, and it's like that's sort of the beauty of the hobby to me. And that's sort of where the whole idea of Carpet Fest came from. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that that whole thing of like and it and, and 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 me and Mike talked about this a little bit, but like, you know, some of the reasons of why I like had to take a step back with Carpet Fest is because I felt that it became too commercial and it just mm. lost what it was about. And then there's Carpet Fest all over the freaking world, and yeah, yeah, mm. that's that's good and that's great. But guys, you're missing the whole vibe of what it's about. Like, mm-hmm. right? This is what it, it, you know. Building relationships with people, and like, you know, actually maybe learning something from them. Right? It's like yeah. if if you're open minded enough, and I, I think this is what scares it. Well, at least for me, it's like if I have to look in the mirror and like, and and really like look and see if I if what I am believe is that is that is that is that real. Mm. And it, like, am I really convicted to this thought or am I, is, am I, am I just, is my ego making me just keep pushing it? Even though in the back of my mind, I have that voice that's saying it's sort of like the, the struggle I have when you go herping and then you come back and you're looking at your carpet python in a four foot cage and you're like, Ooh, mm. Ooh, you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're, you're sort of like, ah, uh, yeah, well I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm, I'm not trying to say, but can I do better? And like this idea that like, oh no, you know, this is how I keep it. I've done it for years and I'm not doing anything differently. And if you don't like that, then go fuck yourself. And it's just, you're in the same spot I'm at Eric. You're, you're that inner battle of, I know I could do better as a keeper, but I'm also a breeder. So where do I, where do I make the, where do I make the, the, um, um, trying to think of the word I'm looking for. Where do I, sacrifice certain things with where do i sacrifice with still keeping within my morals of what i feel is the best minimum and i hate the word minimum but the best at the minimum i can keep these animals where i i feel personally morally that these animals are still thriving how i'm keeping them and still be efficient enough to be a breeder because it's very tough, and I'm at that battle yeah. right now. It, yeah. so, it's, it's, how do I how do yeah. I give these animals as much as humanly <clears throat> possible? Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I think first first thing you got to do is stop being friends with people that you know introduce you to new species. And yeah, this will be the last time Mike and I speak forever. Yeah. Dude, I'm in such a good spot. I don't yeah. give a fuck anymore. I'm not I'm really. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, you know what the best? I guess the best thing we ever did was getting into scuba diving because now all we do is fucking. We just want to travel more and scuba dive more. So well, Mark, I don't have Mark, time you know, to keep yeah. shit no more. The thing about you know this is a you know and Rob and Nipper both told me that this <clears> is how it would go and like once I start and even Scott Iper he told me the same thing like once you're out there and you start doing it. I got to tell you, man, herping to me is like a spiritual thing. I don't care if I see mm-hmm. a reptile or I don't. Yeah. I'm you know you climb to the top of a mountain. 
and you look and you see the world, it changes your fucking perspective. Like you wouldn't yeah. believe you're just like, Whoa, when I'm that- sitting in, you know, when, when, Owen will tell you this. We're in the Northern Territory, and you look up at the sky and you see the freaking, you know, the, Dude, the solar system, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" It's we're surreal. really just on a rock. It looks like you're floating mm-hmm. in a spaceship, and you're looking out the window. It's just that depends, I mean, though, because I've heard the Everglades where I've gone up and down the road six times and not see shit, and you're like, "Fuck, I hate this." Well, yeah, that. But, but I, I know yeah, what you're but, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But, but Scott, how many? Look- go ahead. I mean, there's I was going to say, but taking the, a step no, ahead, off of an airplane onto a brand new continent and being like, I could be the first person in my entire family from God knows how far back to ever set foot on this patch of earth. Or, yeah. or when yeah. we went to the Chilago caves and we're sitting yeah. there and we're looking at the, the Aboriginal art in art there and thinking like 10,000 oh, years ago, nuts. some person was sitting here and they were surviving and they didn't give a shit about like, you know, they what your nice role lizard. is or <laughs> if you're, yeah. you know, like who gives a goddamn shit? The only thing we care about is surviving. Yeah, and, and you know, now that we have such cushy lives, we, now we can think about these things. But like, I don't know, it just it really it just changes your whole perspective. I, I tell the story all the time as I'm sitting there in a rock, these skinks are jumping around and I'm just like, this is when I was like, so more focused and like, yeah, Oh, yeah. I gotta have morphs and pretty colors and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And, um, I'm sitting there and I'm just watching these skinks jump back and forth. And I'm like, you know what the sad thing is right now, these skinks have my undivided attention and they're just blowing me away. There's the male. He's that's his rock. And then the female jumps onto there and then another male comes in and he's chasing off the male. And it's like these tiny little brown skinks, no color, no flash, no nothing. And I am just amazed by them. And the sad thing is, is if I was at a reptile show and I was walking by a table that had that specific species on the table, All I would keep walking. All the time. Everywhere we travel. You got so and excited. He flung his phone into the bush. And then <laughs> Mike, and the what was, Mike, what Scott, were you saying? I'm curious. What, yeah. <clears throat> how many different types of habitat did we hike? Three hiked about eight miles. Oh, fuck. Uh, Let me start on that hike. <laughs> how, how how many different types of habitat did we hike? Tundra, through? you know, twenty Sahara, minutes from yeah. my house. Yeah. Many, many. 20, 20, 20 minutes from my house. I was hoping we'd we'd see a little bit more. Um, Death march. But- <laughs> herping with herping with curtains is always an adventure, and yeah, bring totally. reindeer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. First thing he'll tell you is that you're from Philadelphia. You don't even know what a bagel is, and I'm like, I, I've had bagels. <laughs> bagels. Before. No, you have. No, you shut haven't. Up. No, no, you haven't. haven't. Sit down, child. And I'm like, okay, dude. It's <laughs> it's it's funny because the more we travel, it's weird because you guys are all herpers, so I don't know how much you understand. Uh, I, I you understand this? You don't understand this? Me and Val at this point, herping is like a. A secondary we do a lot of places we go because we love the reptiles and stuff but man we enjoy the other shit just mm-hmm. as much and i, I yeah. saw you guys talking about the birds in australia and i, I felt that but it's Dude, weird I was doing mammals in australia i was i was taking yeah. them all to school you yeah. you really have to be careful because sometimes that shit will affect your opinions on captivity of other things yeah if I, and so if i can give you an, if i can give you a, an example uh so me and Val have spent a lot of time in the ocean snorkeling, and now now we've spent we're spending more time scuba diving. And I have found that my opinion, so my and, and probably similar to you guys on zoos, was very positive. And like, look, I get it. Like sometimes it sucks to have certain these animals in captivity, but like mm-hmm. I understand the benefit 
to conservation. The kid sees the elephant in New York, the Bronx Zoo, or San Diego. I understand that. I tell you what, though, I've had a complete revival of my opinion on uh, large marine life in captivity. Mm-hmm. The more people I spend time with, and I'm, I'm hoping to swim with wild orcas uh, in a month, if oh, God willing. Sweet. Dude, you have no fucking clue. <laughs> We're going on a scuba diving trip, uh, real quick. We're going on a scuba diving trip off of uh, off of Mexico, off of Los Cabos, Mexico. Uh, about twenty six hours on a boat. Mm-hmm. We're on a boat for a week, scuba diving. But uh, I've had this weird thing recently that I've realized some people in two spots in the world swim with wild orcas. Nice. And I've been fucking jonesing on it. So Val decided the day we arrive. Uh, the day that our boat leaves, our boat leaves at like 4 p.m. to go out to scuba diving, but we're going on an ocean safari in the morning when mm-hmm. there's killer whales in the area. I really want to swim with wild orcas. So, but but to go on to the point was that I, my opinion on uh, large marine life has completely changed mm-hmm. uh, in captivity. I'm not an animal rights activist, but dude, I'll tell you what. Seeing these things, more videos, and I, I hope to spend more time with them in the wild, in the water. I just, there's no way you, they, that orcas, dolphins should be in captivity. Mm. It's it, it just, the, at least at the way we do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you have to be like, look, my mindset goes with all animals, like, Snakes, snakes are not orcas. Obviously, it's it's a very different thing. But like, man, I feel like I really need to do the best I can for everything I have. Mm-hmm. And if I can't, then I shouldn't keep it. And there are certain species I just don't keep. I've refused to keep or have turned yeah. down because, like, look, I can't provide them. Like, large my monitor species are smaller monitor species. Even my black roughneck, she's a small girl. Yeah. I could, I, I could not keep a Nile. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I fucking love Niles. Sometimes the best thing you can monitor or, or, or say American crocodile or some stupid. Sometimes the best thing you can do is love that animal to death, but realize you can't keep it correctly. Yeah. Right. You can't. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and whatever your position Retics. is. Retics. <laughs> Allig- alligators. Uh, Hamburg. Yeah. Hello. Don't force that animal into your because you really want to keep it that bad. Like mm-hmm. it's some things aren't meant to it's you really have to kind of have a personal moral. If you really want to keep that animal, yeah. maybe you should go and see it in the wild. Yeah. Yes. Like, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yep. I can't say this. I preach this and preach this and it just feels like it falls on deaf ears. But like if you really love a species, I can't tell you how much your perspective of of everything you can possibly learn about that species just by going and seeing it in a while. and observe so. it with an open mind. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, yeah. in the frame of, I'd like to keep this here's I'm watching this animal in the wild. Is this something I could? And again, it's a gray area. You, all four of us may disagree on this species on sure. what, what yeah. it, it may take to keep. Right. And that's okay with some, you know, here and there, but like, we're not going to all agree on everything. But like, I 100% agree with you, Eric. I've always said that. I'm like, man, I wish all these, a lot more of these ball python guys would fucking travel to Africa, see these motherfuckers, and stop being like they live in termite mounds all the fucking time. They don't go in trees. Like, uh, you're wrong. No. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and that doesn't mean right or wrong. I mean, but 
at least then you've seen them in the wild or or go and see the stuff that lives near you right mm-hmm. and relate that to captive husbandry and how you keep your things yeah. i think i said this before but we talked about remember in the the early days of well I guess the the earlier days of when carpet python sort of kicked their momentum in and Mm. you had Anthony Caponetto's cage, right? And it had that shelf. Mm. And I remember like my feeling was, is that, okay, carpet pythons are semi-arboreal. They'll they'll always be up, right? Whenever I kept them, they they didn't go up, right? And I felt like, oh, well, they're not arboreal. So this gives me the justification to keep it in a rack, right? So what I didn't realize... And it wasn't until I went into the wild, and I, I this is probably maybe common sense for people, but this is where you put your blinders on, and your you sort of justify your uh, ways of keeping by what you're experiencing, and not taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. So what we found is like when we were talking to Gavin Bedford when we were looking at the Darwin carpet, right? Where Owen, he remember he yep. said they never come out of the trees. Right, they breed in the trees. They eat in the trees. They never the one male ever, ever, never touched the ground the, the entire time. time. He, he yep. never came out of the ground <clears throat> ever once. And I looked up at the tree when he he was showing us one, and how it was perched is more like an Amazon tree boa, where it's multiple points of contact. Right, so the branches, not like a chondro. All, all the trees were loop. so thick they just kind of compacted just on sort each of other. laid there. Yeah, right? so it wasn't but one it was like, branch like that type of deal, and it yeah. was like, yeah. oh shit. I'm doing it wrong. It's not right. that they don't want to perch. I'm just not giving them the right perch. Right. Well, that's what people you know, didn't understand with carpets was that they're semi-arboreal, but they're a different type of tree snake than a green correct. tree. That they yeah, they do gonna, need that multiple. They drape their right. body. Yeah. Sometimes way. you'll see so, them do the chondro drape. pose. Oh, right? of course yeah, they'll yeah, do it. Yeah, of yeah. course. And but and like, I did. I did the shelves also. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and my logic behind that is, you know, it's a heavier bodied mm-hmm. semi-arboreal snake that can support their whole body. They're off the ground. Um, right. and you know, one, one thing that I think does them a disservice with the shelves is they don't have to, um, they're, they're not, they're not using as much as their, of their muscle, Right. right. Yes. So, so mm-hmm. it, it, it gives their muscle a, an opportunity to atrophy almost. Um, it, it causes them to become a weaker, a physically weaker animal. Um, as soon as, as soon as I added multiple perches, mm-hmm. they're, they're always perching, but like you said, they're on multiple points of contact. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and I have noticed a difference in my animals because of it. Right, um, and I I also noticed that keeping to your point, like um, I said this before, and like Rob was sort of talking to me about how you know I I was sort of equating it to similar to like human muscles and you know how we grow muscles or keep muscles or how we lose muscle you know in our bodies, and I started to notice like the prehensile tail of my carpets didn't feel as strong, like they didn't. Like, you know how, like, when you grab a carpet and it's got the strong tail, it's probably more scrubs, too, but they, they wrap around yeah, your, right, your, yeah. your hand and they, they're, they're, like, on it, you know? And mm-hmm. it, it, I noticed that they they sort of, like, did this, like, half curl type of thing. Right. And I, I started to think, like, I wonder if this is because they're not climbing that they're losing that ability, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And then when you started giving them those opportunities, immediately they start changing that you know yeah so i don't know 
I wanted to share this to you real quick, uh, Scott. You'll appreciate this because I saw this the other day. But that's what the oh, Everglades God. used to look like. <clears throat> you yep. see where all the agriculture is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Oh, when you see pictures of the old days versus now with the Everglades and how it Jeez. drained the water and, you know, there's a whole conversation to be had about the red tide and all that. It's yeah. it's all entwined. And the fact that, that people think that. Lower. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that they think well, that red, they go red tide's natural. I'm like, yes, mm. but not at that level. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. Or that occurred and, that, that many times. Yeah. yeah. So Scott, shark fishing out in the marsh, right? Um, mm-hmm. when we'll, we'll go out there and my kids will, they'll ask. So, and, and Owen, you've mm-hmm. been down there. Yeah. Um, you've been down there yeah. with me. The uh, turtles, my, kid, yeah. my kids will ask all the time. Why does it? Well, I mean, they don't ask anymore cause they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but why does it smell so bad? And then I get to show them the water that is draining out of that on an outgoing tide and it's crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that marsh is filtering out all the impurities mm-hmm. of that water. All right. That is that is the Earth's filtration system. Same yep. thing in the Everglades. All right. And mm-hmm. you you take care you 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 remove that filtration system and you put in canals and agriculture. And guess yeah, what? That water mm-hmm. that water's not getting filtered anymore. Yep. It's not. Yeah. Yep. I know. I feel bad. Me and Val are in such a spot where I don't even know if we can fish sharks anymore, man. It's just the more we fucking, the more we spend time in the water. And it's like, oh I can, I can understand that. It's, it's, you know, I, so just, we, I, I, sh- I, I shouldn't have shark that. fin soup at Carpet Fest. Don't even get me started. Oh, Val, fuck you. That's just <laughs> awful. <laughs> you up. <laughs> so yeah. lie. All right, I'll mark it down as not an option. Jesus, it's not an option, man. Did not read the room right. God, oh, man. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go down that. It's it's crazy. The more time Awfully we spend in, in that world, it's yes. just horrible, awful. I mean, we're at uh, a little over three. I, I, I think we should. Christ, I think like we should like one uh, episode. Christ, I think we should revisit this every once in a while, man. I, I, you know, I enjoyed honestly, this conversation. It's it's important conversation. It's good conversation. It's you know we're not solving all the problems, but we're discussing our thoughts. I think we're solving de- all the problems. Yeah, <laughs> at a deeper at a deeper level than most people. And there's there's guys that do great. They 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 talk about it all the time. But it's again, it's it's the same talking points really, and they're not deep diving it. And mm-hmm. and I think we what we need to do in my mind is just uh, we need to find a way to bring more numbers to US art, mm-hmm. create a bigger base, um, a bigger uh, uh, political. Uh, uh, What's the fucking word I'm looking for? Group that footprint? No, not footprint, but like a group that you know goes to bat, like NRA. Oh, oh okay. special lobbyists. interest group. Yeah, lobbyists. special, yeah, yeah, special yeah, interest yeah. lobbyists. We need to find a way to attract more to mm. become a bigger group. Mm. We need to find a way to really, as a community, be more, uh, uh, you know, just better humans to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. I, like I said, I think we need to really discuss deeper what we, what we, you know, we're all four friends. We talked about a lot of shit tonight. I think we need to find a way to discuss deeper now that we've talked, we've, we've explained some of the really gray areas and deeper areas. We really need to discuss moving forward, mm. 
how to uh, uh, motivate more people to join US Arc, motivate more people to 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 join this to to kind of also. So if if I could go away with anything tonight, it would be I would hope that. I think the biggest impact as far as getting U.S. Arc in front of more eyes would be at reptile shows, mm-hmm. yep. local shows especially. Somehow, as 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 vendors come together, approach your promoter. No promoter is going to say. I don't think any promoter is going to really be hate this idea. Come up with some literature to give to every single person walk through the fucking door. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I think we get in a lot of eyes that way, and then. I think the other big thing is to get involved locally at the state level, pay more attention, find your community. That's where the major battles are happening at the local level. Because if, if Florida's had it, I know I've heard a few times where Florida, they had a big meeting in person. Uh, I want to say mid Northern Florida and the numbers were not great. If you yeah. could find a way to motivate, as many reptile keepers as you can in your state to fucking make that journey for that public comment and show a force. Cause it's, it's a big difference. If you walk <clears throat> in there with 150 people or hundred people, then 12 people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Voting. Cause those politicians are seeing numbers in their mind. That's a representative of X percent of their, their base. Yeah. Right. Sure. So I think that's the two things that I, I would hope away. And that I wrote down, I, I tried to come up with ideas, but I think we need to discuss as a community more ways going forward that are better and, and get more eyes on and to locally get involved better. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I wrote some notes also um, and I will be making some phone calls over the next, uh, next few days to a week. Um, and I, I, I think we should revisit it and, yeah. and see and see where we're at. Yeah. Um, I think we need to share, putting this needs into to share this discussion everywhere. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. And we didn't solve everything here. That the discussion can happen over there with you guys. Over there with you guys. Everyone else can join the discussion with other uh, with their groups of friends, with mm-hmm. their smaller communities. Have that discussion. Brainstorm. All right. We need to deeper dive this because what we've been doing with e- even with the best, you know, I think a Jeremy Turgeon, I think a Rob, uh, mm-hmm. uh, those guys do a great job of of bringing attention. But the problem is they're bringing attention within, the, you know, their base. We need to f- to come together and find a way to expand everyone's base, expand, uh, get this in front of more eyes, yep, and expand the conversation. So I think if we can get this, if everyone who watches this shares this, we get this conversation out to more people. Shit, have us on other podcasts. Every podcast should be doing this at the beginning of the year and really get on this proactively yeah. Yeah. to deep to deep dive this mm-hmm. and. You know, some other podcast that has us on there or, or just other people that are involved in this battle, they may come up with even better or more uh, more smart ideas than we came up with tonight for getting more eyes on and more people involved. And then we can all come together and say, here's all our ideas. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah. If they yeah. listen to the conversation, you know, typically how I ideas spark with me is I'll be listening to a podcast. Doesn't even have to be reptile podcast, but yeah. like, you know, I'll be driving, listening, and then I'll be like, Hey Siri, you know, uh, take a note for me. And you know, because it just, that thought it's like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me, let me, let me, let me, mm-hmm. let me, let me dissect that a bit for myself, yeah. you know? Sure. But, well, let me know whenever you guys want to talk again, we'll talk. 
Uh, right. We've been we got a podcast that's going for about twelve years. We'll need episodes. So. <laughs> sure. I know. No, sure. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs>